Sports Loudmouths. As you know, I'm your host, Daryl Marks, my co-host, Speedy Petey. 631-672-3108 is the number to call. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS, which is WWSRN or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Well, 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 Speedy Petey, what is going on, my friend? Mostly frustrated with technology over the course of this weekend. While Why is that? Edit, ed, while I was editing stuff, my software was being annoying. The off-the-mat file was the absolute worst mm. to edit, but beyond that, I'm doing well, all right. Well, you have two... Beyond that, I'm doing all right. Two crazy people doing a show. Well, that's why... Well, yeah, there is that. You know, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know how you run that show, but obviously you producing it with two uh, crazy people, as Josh Silverberg and... Lyle, a.k.a. the nut job overrated man himself. So uh, we will uh, get into all the stuff in sports tonight uh, as the All-Star Game is going on as we speak. Uh, at 9.30, we'll be talking to Sportsline NFL analyst Steve Vanover. He'll be joining us. And at 10 o'clock, finally, the great Brandon Jacobs. We will be talking to ex-giant two-time Super Bowl champion running back. Yes, the D-man. Himself, Brendan Jacobs. So we got a great show, a great show of guests, as everybody knows. Uh, we will get into Juan Soto rejecting the 15-year, $440 million contract offer by the Nationals. And what does that mean? Well, he looks like he might be dealted. Um, the MLB and Rob Manford, Rob Manford forced to give 100 and $85 million in settlement money following the 21 lawsuits involving minor league players. So that's going to be interesting uh, as we move forward. Uh, it, I, I would say this. Minor league players are underpaid. Mm-hmm. They should be paid at least between one hundred and $150,000 a year, each and every one of them. They are playing in the major leagues. If you look at even, and I know everybody says, well, what about the NBA and the D League? And they don't make a lot of money. I think if you're a professional athlete, no matter where you're playing, what league you're playing in, you should be making enough that you can take care of your family. NBA makes in that range. It doesn't make any sense why these players, these baseball players, aren't getting the money that they should de- they should deserve. So we'll get into that a little bit later in the show. Deshaun Watson says he will sue the NFL if they suspend him for the full year. So, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson threatening, he's pointing his finger at them, don't you dare, or you might have a lawsuit in your lap. So I would love to see this, the, the showdown with the NFL and Roger Goodell and Deshaun, a.k.a. I'm going to point my finger, Watson. Uh, the Spurs say that they will uh, take on a first-round pick 
uh, to take on Russell West, uh, Russell Westbrook's contract. So the Spurs have uh, obviously uh, reached out to the Lakers and say said to them that we will take Russell Westbrook's contract if you give a give us a first round draft pick. So the Spurs trying to rebuild as their trading way pieces and as their coach looks like he's on his way out. We'll see what happens in his final year as the head coach of the San Antonio Spurs. Could Matthew Kachuk be the next star player traded from the Flames? Couldn't reach a long-term deal in settlement arbitration. Uh, the New York Islanders should be uh, reaching out to the Calgary Flames as we speak. The Devils already are, too. I mean, Lou Lamorello, he is struck out on, obviously, Johnny Goudreau. Why wouldn't he go after Matthew Kachuk. I, I think he's, the, to me, the more sane one out of the Kachuks, by the way. Uh, I mean, I met them both, and I met their father, too. Uh, not to, I remember your interview with not the like, yeah. Not a likable person, I will say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at the, uh, I met him at the draft. I also met him at the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh-huh. I remember so. your interview with Keith at the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. Latest on Donovan Mitchell and Kevin Durant trade rumors as well. And we'll get into going into the second half of baseball. And uh, if we have time, we'll get into some NFL conversations. And we'll uh, obviously the beef will be in the studio on Thursday, which means uh, we can go over uh, his thoughts at the NFL and what's going to happen uh, as the NFL season slowly but surely moves closer. So, AKA why the Cowboys won't make the playoffs. And by the way, a shout out to the uh, 495 leagues, me and Speedy and a bunch of my coaches are going to be coaching a 10 year old football team. Uh, We're putting it together as we speak. So I'm very excited to coach my first young football team. Uh, So I'm, I'm setting it up. I'm setting a coaching staff. It's going to be really, really fun. So, Anyways, uh, we have about 20 minutes before our first guest. So why don't we get into first, I think, I think we'll get into the MLB. I, I want to get into the Rob Manfred thing because, to me, watching baseball my whole life, baseball has always been a part of my heart. I- I've been a Yankee fan really since the day I was born. I mean, the first pair of clothes coming home uh, you know, from the hospital was Yankee pajamas. And I grew up a Don Mattingly fan. And as a kid, I always respect the game because of what the game brought. Babe Ruth, Joe DiMaggio, Roger Maris, Ted Williams. You know, the greats. Some of the greatest. Greatest, uh, you know, sports athletes we could remember. Mickey Mantle, don't forget about him either. When we, when we look at the league and what the league has done over the last couple of years, and, and remember, in the 60s and the 50s and the 40s, there wasn't any minor leagues. There was no minors. It was either you were in the major leagues or you're done, you're going to war, or you're going to you know sell, me, sell milk at the doorstop. I, I don't know. To be in the major leagues, it takes your all. It's probably the hardest sport to get in as a major league player, as a major league athlete. When we look at baseball and Rob Manford, and I am not a big Rob Manford fan. I think he's the worst commissioner in professional sports. And that's that's saying a lot when you have guys like, I don't know, Roger Goodell, Gary Bettman, and Adam Silver. Not the highest praise for any of them. But Roger... Uh, I'm uh, Roger, but Rob Manford 
is a guy that's not only ruined the game since he's taken over it, but really hasn't come to the conclusion of understanding what the position lies and held, uh, holds for uh, the position to be a leader of a national or a big market sport. We talk about baseball, and, and listen, I, I knew this was going to happen. I knew that the minor leagues and minor league players were going to sue the major league because uh, they feel that they're wrongly mispaid. And I've been saying that for years. Why aren't the minor league players making more than fifty or sixty thousand a year? How are they supposed to? Uh, as, uh, how are they supposed to um, help their families move forward in life? We talk about, uh, you know, obviously these major league players are making hundreds of millions of dollars. You, you're seeing Juan Soto reject a fifteen-year, four hundred and forty million dollar contract from the Nationals. Why is it? That these minor league players aren't making more than 50000 a year. And Rob Manford had no answer to it. None. And over the last couple of years, since he's taken over for, yes, Bud, a.k.a. Stupid Seelig, who is in the Hall of Fame. No, uh, we talk about uh, Steinbrenner. He's not in the Hall of Fame, but the guy that brought steroids, the guy that let steroids go on, is in the Hall of Fame. Does that make any sense to anyone out there? Not when Barry Bonds is in it. We talk about this league, and I talk. I I could talk about the major leagues over and over again because I I always say that these players are highly overpaid. But you can't attack them. It's not the players' fault that these owners are making billions of dollars. But the fact is, Rob Manford and the major league should have been paying these players a lot more money than they were getting. And we can't sit here today and and argue that these players weren't underpaid. And I knew that if this was going to go to court, and if these players or players or teams were going to take this to court against the major leagues and Rob Manford, they were going to lose. And also, it was a lot of former major league, minor league journeyman type players too that were suing him for these, I guess, malpractice of this not pay, being able to pay them, like you were saying, $50,000. These organizations are rich for a reason. Even teams that don't spend a lot of money, a lot of them have rich owners too. And you can't spread that kind of wealth out to minor league players. I've seen photos of a lot of the the meals and a lot of the hotel rooms that they're getting. And it seems like they're like in high school or college. Like they're, I, I've seen college basketball players in the NCAA tournament when they get there have much better, much better treated than that. Like that shouldn't happen. These guys are professionals. And this article from sportspromedia.com says a lot of these minor league players were only paid $4,800 to $14,700 annually. And a lot of the current players are going to get $120 million distributed amongst within the minor league systems of that lawsuit money that major league baseball is going to be forced to pay out. So they're going to get some kind of level to that, but that's definitely something that should have been implemented right away within this new CBA. And it's despicable to me that, Major League Baseball covered this up and let this go on forever. And now Rob Manfred's denying it, too. He's not even saying that it's going to be like a, it's a big deal. Oh, they're making a minimum wage. No, you're not. You're violating minimum wage issues in any kind of level of employment in the country. And I, I will say this. Rob Manfred, of course, is going to protect the, the owners because that's what his job is. He's supposed to protect the owners and, and, and protect the brand. That's what he is trying to do. But for them 
and, and you know, as an organization, not really protecting the other athletes that are playing in the minor leagues and trying to make excuses. And I mean excuses why these players aren't making the money that they should be making. And and really, $185 million for a settlement is not a lot of money because you have to pay out not only 21 players, you're going to have to pay out a bunch of players mm-hmm. that haven't been, you know, not in the league anymore or in the league right now trying to wonder and try, trying to figure out why they weren't paid what they should have been paid. And to me, I'd be frustrated. I put my time, my life, and my family on the line to try to play this game because I always believed that I can make it to the majors and become a superstar player like a Juan Soto or a Pete Alonzo or a Aaron Judge or Otani. Guys that are – and some of these guys, you know, like Otani, he – yes, he played in the minor leagues in Japan or whatever, major leagues in Japan, uh, but it's not playing, you know, in the – I guess you could say in the um, – I guess uh, – I'm trying to figure out the uh, – the, the amateur baseball. No, not even game. amateur baseball. I'm, I'm trying to figure out the major leagues. In uh, the double A, single A, that's what I mean. Yeah. Uh, you, have to, you have to go from single A to double A to triple A to just get into the majors. And you put your time, you put your life on the line. Some of these guys play 10 years in single and double A and never get to triple A. Especially now with the option rules, too. They could be optioned five times a year, so you're not going to be getting a major league salary a lot of that time either. Here's, here's my question. When you look at single A, double A, and triple A, why is it there's some kind of salary boost when you move up from one division to the other, or one, one league to the other? That would make a lot of sense. If, you, if you're playing in single A, obviously you're a young player. You just got drafted. Okay, you should make fifty thousand dollars a year. You you shouldn't make top dollar. And when you get into double A, you should make a hundred thousand dollars. And then if you get into triple A, you should make two hundred thousand dollars. It makes a lot of sense. And why? Obviously, these owners don't want to pay them because they're paying all these superstar players in the majors, which are getting overpaid. Now, I'm going to say this again: with with baseball, there is no salary cap. There is none. And, and, and to me, teams like the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Dodgers, the Mets, the Cubs, these teams have endless, endless money. You're talking about the Yankees estimate every single year on just endorsements and sponsorships close to $500 million. Just endorsements and sponsorships, jersey sales and hats, $500 million. Then you talk about tickets. They're driving in probably between three and four hundred million. 162 games, fifty thousand seats. You average it out. You estimate it's it's almost full capacity every single game over there at Yankee Stadium. I, I don't know the total, but it, it's a significant amount of money. They're bringing in close to a billion dollars a year. A billion dollars, just the Yankees. A billion dollars a year. And the Yankees aren't paying their, their their minor league players what they should be making? That, to me, is, is disgraceful. The major leagues are a disgrace. Rob Manford has been a disgrace since he's taken over Bud Selig's job. By the way, the most stupid, dumb, ridiculous person that ever commissioned in professional sports in Bud Selig. Wow. You're that bad, huh? Yes, let me tell you something. 
This man, and I, we all know what happened in the 90s, okay? Remember when baseball went on a strike? And but this was mainly because of Bud Selig. If anybody remembers, in I think it was 94, 95. 94, and Expos fans will never forgive, I think, forgive them. It was, was a strike. Season. And yeah. baseball was downhill. Baseball at the time, going into the strike, was the number one sport in America. Number one. Better than football. Better than hockey. Better than every one of them. Any sport. Tennis, golf, you name it. Baseball was number one, and then the strike came. Everything went to shambles, and then what happened? Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa happened. Steroids happened. And and Bud Selig knew everything was going on, and he brushed it under the rug. Brushed it. Why? Because he knew baseball needed to be saved. And then after baseball was saved, he took all the credit, and then when, obviously, the politicians... And the House of Representatives and everything started slamming the door on baseball. What happened? Bud Selig threw everybody under the bus. Mm-hmm. A sport that's full of controversy for its entire existence, really, in baseball, too. Even if you want to go before the strike, too, with all the the the, the, uh, the Black Sox scandal. You're, you're talking about the spitballs incidents. All, all the stuff that's gone on even before that, too. It's Pete Rose with the whole gambling thing. I mean, it's a disgrace yeah. that Pete Rose is in the Hall of Fame. An absolute disgrace. And Rob Manfred sitting down with Pete Rose when he took over. And listen, Pete Rose, Pete Rose, be bet on baseball, whatever the fact he did. And now that gambling is allowed, why shouldn't Pete, why shouldn't Pete Rose be, not be in the Hall of Fame? It's ridiculous. But nevertheless, if you don't want Pete Rose to ever coach and never ever be a part of the majors again, that's fine. Pete Rose's name and his jersey and him as a plaque, as a baseball player, should be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, I've been there. He has a whole section on the fifth floor. Yeah, but he is not in the Hall of Fame. He's not in the Hall of Fame, and it's and it's dumb. Yeah, he has a whole section devoted to to his impact on the game. He is not. He's not declared a Hall of Famer. Correct. And so that to me, it's an absolute disgrace. Mm-hmm. Barry Bonds not going to the Hall of Fame, a disgrace. Roger Clemens not going to the Hall of Fame, a disgrace. Jeff Ken, who was never accused of any steroids, how is he not in the Hall of Fame? I'm sorry. You have these stupid writers deciding if they should go in or if they should not go in. Sport of corruption, both in the major league front office and now with the Hall of Fame writers too, like you were saying. They're technically separate entities, but still, they're not they're not changing their values of what they want in the game. Yes, the game is not going to be squeaky clean, understandable, but you're hiding corruption again. It's always been corrupted. Professional sports has been corrupted. Betting has been corrupted in sports forever. And now it's legalized, and it's going to be legalized in almost every single state by probably 2025. Okay, and we all know that's going on. It's been going on. And the fact that baseball has brushed everything under the rug because they're trying to protect their brand. There's no hiding it from the fans. The fans know what's going on. They're not stupid, even though some of the the, the people that are running the organization are dumb. Oh, yeah. And, And the fact is, when we sit back and we look at what's going on in baseball and what they've done to the minor league teams, what they've done to the minor league players, what Rob Manford is trying to do, changing rules, changing this, changing that, he might as well learn how to change his damn underwear because he doesn't know how to clean it. He doesn't know how to do anything. The guy's a moron. 
Josh says Pete Rose not in the Hall of Fame, but Harold Baines being in is embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. Absolutely. Jeff Kent should absolutely be in the Hall of Fame. He wasn't liked by the media, which makes them biased towards him. It's gross. Yes, that's what we're saying. These writers have a vendetta against certain players, yet uh, other ones will get in. And baseball has the stingiest ones of all for whatever reason. Even like just general classes. There was a year, like three years ago, there wasn't any inductees at all. Like that should never happen. Like there's plenty of worthy players in this era and past. Past eras and that don't get into the, to baseball yet they'll let some of their I guess favorite guys in right away like we were talking about a couple months ago with David Ortiz you know and, and, and I will say this I will say this when you look at the league and where the league is going people would say the league is moving on the way up but really what we have seen and the way the game has really chartered ever since Rob Manford has taken over we have juice balls we have new rules the game has completely changed since Rob Manford has taken over. And there's still local blackouts and bad marketing. <laughs> and the way the game has really produced a new brand of fans, you would wonder if baseball will ever be on top again. Will baseball ever catch up to the NFL and some of the other growing sports like the NHL that is growing? Yep. It's not quite there, but it's growing. You could see. Look at the numbers. Look at the NHL numbers, especially the Stanley Cup Finals. The Stanley Cup Finals are probably one of the most watched professional sports playoffs in all of the sports world. And when we look at the game and where the game is going, how could you sit here today and say it's in good hands? Yeah, and I get in. You're not seeing any growth of baseball whatsoever in really any areas. The players are really doing it all on their own at this point. I mean, the the major leagues are outside of a couple players like Judge and Otani. They're really not marketing anybody. They're the still- best player in the league is Mike Trout. Right. And if he walked on the streets right now, could you tell me? Answer this question. If he was walking on the streets right now, could you tell me that you knew he was walking past you on the streets of New York? I would bet you. Nine out of ten people wouldn't even know it was Mike Mike Trout. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't even know who he is. And he's the best player in the league. But I guarantee you, if LeBron James was walking on the streets, or Zach Wilson, who's played one year of football, and he's not even a star, if he was walking on the streets of New York, you would know who he is. It seems what does like, that tell you? It seems like you have to either talk or just be instantly popular to know who you who you are in baseball. And uh, again, outside of a couple stars, like they don't in, they don't endorse, they don't market them well. It doesn't even matter that they're in the in a big city or not. Some people just get forgotten about in baseball, and that's a really a bad job, a bad look for a lot for this sport as a whole that's trying to grow. And I don't think it'll ever catch up to these other sports because of that. Now it's just the way that. One, modern social media works with these younger fans, so younger fans aren't as attracted to the game of baseball. You were talking about that a couple weeks ago with the NBA. A lot of them are player fans as a result. You don't really see that in baseball because it's not really that kind of team, that kind of strategy concept. So you're not going to get that same kind of level. And also, just with the new rules, the pace of play stuff, it's going to be very hard. But it's going to be a very hard time to market teams when you just can't get them on the TV screens as it is because there's marketing blackouts and all that stuff. How many people watch the All-Star game in baseball? How many teams, and everybody's going to say, well, nobody watched the NBA All-Star game. Nobody watches the NFL Pro Bowl. Right. Probably true. I'm willing to bet you guys that right now, the MLB All-Star Game is the least amount watched in professional sports. The NHL is watched more. The NFL Pro Bowl is watched more because it's football. 
and basketball because of the slam dunk. Yeah. Even last night, the home run derby. Do you know it was the least watched home run derby in 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 the last ten years? Right. I don't care what Snug says or what Jeff says. They could sit here and say whatever they want. They're, they're just on on the level of saying the stupid stuff that they say. That's why nobody cares what they say. I don't care. Especially Jeff talking. Jeff Jeff has a lot to say about people, but Jeff is so wrong about half the things he says. He's an idiot. He's a moron. So that ta- watching him and Snug post up things just makes me wonder if they're actually sane. I actually want to read some of the comments from uh, our guests that will be coming on in a mm-hmm. couple of minutes. They actually, yeah. uh, baseball owners break out in a sweat if you mention labor costs. It's in their DNA. Mm-hmm. And then the owners want to keep it team-centric. They don't want the players having power or personalities, which is absolutely true. I don't, I don't think baseball wants to value it that way because it's not supposed to be individualized. But still, they should have some level of marketability where, like Errol was saying before, Mike Trout, who's a, a humble Superstar player is just forgotten about. Nobody knows. By who he far, is. the best player in the league. It, By far, it's like you have to have some kind of it, like you have to have some kind of either controversial statement or be popular instantly right away to be able to be marketed in baseball, or you're not going to go anywhere. There's plenty of them in baseball that just don't get the attention they deserve. Jeff, I, I, before we get to our guests, and we're going to go to a quick break. You know what's so funny about Jeff? And Jeff talks a lot about it. I think he tries to be a tough guy on these messages over here. But Jeff is the biggest you-know-what in the world. He talks a big game. Any day Jeff wants to call the show, Jeff, call the show Thursday. Call the show Thursday. And me and you will go head-to-head on uh, a sports knowledge. What, what, what do we call that? What would you call it? No, not a debate, because I'll kick his you a know duel. what. A a duel. Duel. No. We'll go through what he knows, how much how much sports he knows in his background. We'll go through trivia questions, okay, Jeff? We'll let Speedy pick out the trivia questions. How much you want to bet out of ten questions, I will absolutely demolish you because you don't know anything like you think you know. And we're not gonna go to college football because I don't follow college football as much as you do. But any other sport, you pick the sport, Jeff. Pick the sport. You pick the sport. And I'll go head-to-head with you. And I will absolutely demolish you. First to ten. Okay? Ten. Speedo, keep asking questions until we get to ten. And I bet you I will get to ten a lot faster than you will. And we'll see how much. Then we'll see who the clown is. Because the only clown here is you. And you won't do it because you're, I'm not going to say it on live radio because you know what you are. You're a chicken. And that's what you are. You and Snug, you could be a team and I'd still kick both your asses. How's that? How about that? Any day, Jeff, pick the sports besides college football. You know, because college football, I don't follow like you. But every other sport, hockey, baseball, basketball, football. How about this? Even golf. You think you know so much about golf? Even golf. I would kick your you-know-what. So any day, any time, keep talking. Anyways, when we come back, we'll be talking to Sportsline NFL analyst Steve Vanover here on the Sports Loudmouths. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. Six three one six seven two thirty one zero eight is the number. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're listening to the Sports Loudmouths. 
As always, Tuesdays and Thursdays, as of right now, we will be changing probably the days and the time uh, in August. But we're very excited, as we have been excited with some of the great guests we've had on the show. Uh, at 10 o'clock, we'll be talking to ex-NFL superstar Brandon Jacobs. But right now, we have a very special guest. First time on our show, we are now talking to Sportsline NFL analyst Steve Vanover. Steve, what's going on, man? All right. It's a pleasure. How you doing? We're good, man. As, as you heard the last take with baseball and then our crazy guest, Jeff from Tampa, who obviously doesn't know what the hell he's talking about, but we know you do. How are you doing, uh, obviously, with the COVID situation, you and your family uh, and uh, everything that's been going on? Is everything good? Oh, yeah. You know, we're out here in Southern California, so we get to do everything outside. If you wear a mask, we're getting ready to go to a Dallas Cowboys camp for in a few weeks. Uh, it's going to be great. <laughs> Uh, we have a lot of Dallas Cowboy haters and lovers that listen to this show. So, uh, are you yeah, a Dallas Cowboy nothing fan? Nothing in between. Nothing in between. You either love or hate. There's there's no middle road. Are you a Dallas Cowboy fan? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I actually am, but I'm also probably the biggest critic. I mean, 25 years of 500 ball. Don't get me started. As everybody knows, we are talking to Sportsline NFL analyst Steve Van Over. Steve, obviously you're an NFL analyst. What were what were some some of your thoughts this offseason so far with some of these NFL teams? We'll get into the draft. Uh, obviously, free agency opened up. What stood out to you so far in free agency? Winners and losers as far as what you've seen. Okay, free agency again this year. The big winners were the owners as they were able to really keep the prices down, free agency now is broken up into three distinct sections. You have the uh, day one guys who still get pretty good money, but the, and, and, and that's where the, the new bombs are being signed, the huge contracts, these day, these day one deals. Then after that, uh, there's about a two week break and you get another big group. And then you get another group right after the draft. And that's it. It's just a trickle. Uh, they've really slowed down the free agent process. A lot of teams are re-signing their own players. And it's it's different. It's different. So you, we've seen a lot of receivers and also quarterback movement of top players because of that. Like they're getting the leverage, um, especially now with the wide receivers, too. Do you think there is going to be some extent where it becomes like a player power league for those top top players, like you were saying? It almost already is. I, I mean, everybody waited to see what Aaron Donald was going to do before they made their move. And then, like you said, right now, the wide receivers have tremendous leverage with the new contracts. So they're actually maneuvering their teams into whether they'll stay, whether they'll go, what they get. And it's the haves and the have-nots in the NFL now. The few guys at the top are making mega. And then beyond that, it's guys that are first, second, third year yeah, when it comes time for that second contract, if you're not a top-tier guy, you're gone. As everybody knows, we're talking to Sportsline NFL analyst Steve Van Over. Steve, we're here in New York. Uh, everybody was looking forward to the Jets' free agency market. Uh, they added Lincoln Tomlinson. They added some pieces. They added two really good tight ends in Conklin and Osama. 
uh, and everybody was looking at the draft, and then they they bring they had one of the best drafts. They have arguably the best player in the draft. They they drafted Sauce Gardner. Then they went after uh, arguably one of the best wide receivers in the draft in Garrett Wilson, and then moved up to get Jermaine Johnson and Brees Hall, and really dominated. A lot of people thought dominated this year's draft. What were your thoughts so far this offseason for the New York Jets? Well, I want to know who actually did the draft for the New York Jets because it wasn't the New York Jets I've seen in the last 10 years. No way. They shoot themselves in the foot. They do something wrong and then just pick after pick, move after move, just solid. I think the Jets are one of the team that can do the bounce, uh, go from bottom of, the, of their division here to the top. They're not going to make the top, don't get me wrong, but they have so much talent right now and it can all come together in a heartbeat. You know how it goes. One of the things you have to do is you have to be able to cover that A1 receiver, that WR1. There's only a handful of those in the league, but they face a few of them and they get Sauce Gardner. It, it's not enough to get a player that's good, but a player that fits your division, that's going to help your weakness. I mean, home run. So speaking of shooting themselves in the foot, uh, Jacksonville, they've been another team that's done that in the drafts the last couple of years. And they went for a big surprise at number one, taking Trayvon Walker, which really was only thought of in the number one pick in like the last month before the pre-draft process. So what were your thoughts on that and the way they've built their team? Well, I, I think their whole draft, it, it at least showed a thought process. That's what I think about it. They're hanging their hat on Trevor Lawrence. And one of the big questions I'm looking around now I'm, I'm studying is, which players are going to make the leap this year? Uh, I don't care if it's a rookie, second year, third year wide receiver, whatever. And I come down to Trevor Lawrence or Trey Lance of the 49ers. One of those two guys I think is just going to explode. I think Trey Lance is the bigger boom bust. I think Trevor Lawrence is the more sure shot. But he's a really good guy. He was just in an incredibly bad situation. And everything they did in the draft was geared. It was a purpose. It wasn't necessarily a home run, but you could see the logic behind their draft. And I'm hearing in their mini camps and everything that it's organized or going in. It's uh, focused. Uh, it, it's all good news down there. Now we're going to find out what Trevor Lawrence can do. Mm. I believe in the Easter Bunny, too. So, <laughs> I mean, anything's more organized and focused than Urban Meyer. As far as, as, far as we talk about Trevor Lawrence, we, we've seen it many, many times in many, many different years. If everybody remembers Archie Manning, he, he was dealted uh, you know, a bad, you know, bad hand. He went to the right. Saints and uh, never really became the player that he once, uh, people thought he once was going to be. So, and we can go up and down the rankings every 10 years when there's a player like, I don't know, Ryan Leaf, okay? Uh, he's one of those guys. Jamarcus Russell. These guys had tremendous talent coming out of the draft. Tim Couch, okay? Oh, yeah. All these guys, but never produced. Why? Because they got put in bad situations. So I want to know what you got against Tim Couch lumping him in with those other two morons. <laughs> <laughs> I like Timmy. I remember when he came out of the draft and everybody yeah, thought. He, I mean, you know, he just – it wasn't good enough. Well, he wasn't I good mean, enough because of the team he was playing for. Let's yeah, be honest. Absolutely. But the I other mean, two guys, oh, man. Oh, man. I, I, I was there and got to see in person some of that stuff, and it's just unbelievable. Watching the meltdown on the sidelines uh, down in San Diego, mm -hmm. yelling at the fans. I mean, 
looking like a petulant child that he actually is. Mm. It, it was just an amazing meltdown. Amazing. Yeah, Ryan Leaf is definitely, but he had a lot of emotional problems. But maybe if he went to an organization that could have controlled him, or and, and listen, at the time San Diego uh, was a very well-run, oiled machine. They just uh, went the route of Ryan Leaf when they did. Uh, did they make a mistake? Obviously, they did. I mean, that set their team back, but uh, it also had you know ways of falling in a good way where they got Phillip Rivers and now obviously have Justin Herbert and maybe eventually, uh, even though it's not San Diego anymore, <laughs> it's the LA uh, chargers. The maybe, third team of LA. Maybe they'll, uh, maybe they'll and win. Don't forget the QB right before Rivers. Ray, 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 yep. he, mm-hmm. he turned out pretty yes. good too. Yes. So and then they yeah. got Smith, mm-hmm. you know, who was the, uh, the GM and he had the huge ego and he wanted his guys, so he drafted Rivers. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, of course, the other guy hurt his shoulder. He went to the Saints. Yeah, he didn't do too good. Nah, he won a Super Bowl. <laughs> Phillip Rivers still hasn't won one. And uh, I think the Chargers are still waiting for one. So there you go. But anyways, uh, as everybody knows, we are talking to Sportsline NFL analyst Steve Van Over. Uh, the New England Patriots. And that's the team that everybody's looking at. You heard Mac Jones looks really, really good. I mean, he's lost a tremendous amount of weight. He's in shape. His arms are a lot stronger, some people are saying. Uh, they added Parker. They added some weapons in the offseason. They have a very good running game. Their defense was one of the best in the league. Uh, but they don't have Tom Brady there anymore. And it seems like it's been a problem ever since he's left. What are your thoughts to this year with a better AFC and a better better AFC East with some of these teams like Miami, the Jets, and even Buffalo? Pats are in trouble, man. And it's it's who they lost in the coaching and who they gained. I mean, they lost Daniels. Say what you will about him as a head coach. Offensive coordinator, that guy knew his stuff. He took Mac Jones and designed an offense for him that he could handle perfectly. It was awesome. Well, He's gone, and Matt Patricia, you guys remember him. Matt Patricia's the offensive right? coordinator now? Give me a break. Oh yeah, I God. mean, make him defensive coordinator, but no, make him offensive coordinator. So. Don't worry, I Joe mean, Judges on that staff, ball, too. So, uh, anyhow, it's, it's a mess. It could work out pretty good because I will never bet money against Bill Belichick. It could work out, but I think they got a tall mountain to climb, a tall mountain to climb. And it's the Buffalo Bills division right now. The starting quarterbacks this year, I know you they're not really the highest hype guys. Kenny Pickett, there's a chance he could start, but beyond that, not really thought of as that. Do you see them, any of them, as future developmental starters, even though they weren't as highly touted in this draft? You mentioned the guy right there, Kenny Pickett. He's not highly touted. Small hands, small hands. I don't know why. He doesn't get any respect. I love that because he can wear his shoulder uh, he's a student of the game. He's already played 15 feet away. He went in that door and played in that stadium. It's not going to be too big for him. If he can get in the game, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. And it's going to take a while. It's going to take a while. Justin Herbert, he seems like the talk of the town. Everybody thinks he's the next quarterback to move forward, just like Joe Burrows did last year. Uh, went to the Super Bowl, took his team all the way there. Uh, but this could be Justin Herbert's year. I mean, every single offensive weapon came back. Their offensive line got stronger. Eddie Johnson in, Johnson in the draft. They got arguably the best offensive lineman in the draft last year. And then... Uh, you look at some of the defensive weapons that they brought in. Uh, two superstar players uh, in Khalil Mack and, and obviously um, uh, J.C. Jackson. Jackson from the New England Patriots. 
What are your thoughts to the Chargers this year uh, with Justin Herbert and team as a whole? I like the Khalil Mack edition. Of course, Chargers fans tend to go overboard and they think of Khalil Mack from, you know, three, four years ago. That's not who they're getting, but they're getting a really good guy. And so he's, he's going to help. And I totally agree with you about Justin Herbert. Uh, he's the real deal. He's not quite where Burroughs is. I mean, Burroughs made a huge leap, uh, but he definitely has the skill set, the arm. He's fearless. Uh, he makes good decisions. And he has an underappreciated wide receiving core, if you ask me. Uh, he really does. And so it's just a matter of get, keeping that running game consistent which if they can avoid injuries, I think they can surprise a lot of people. So two quarterbacks that are looking to get paid right now, Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson, do you think those teams will get their deals done or do you think they'll end up elsewhere? You know, they're going to get the deal done. Uh, Kyler Murray's a mess. That whole situation's a mess. He's handling it like a child. Uh, He had all the leverage anyhow. He didn't need to pull all of these levers to get done what he wanted done. All he had to do was ask. Uh, So there really wasn't a problem and he's making drama where he doesn't need to, he's going to get everything done, but he's really hurt himself. I'm hearing on the backside, uh, he's not impressing people. He's an incredible talent, but like, you know, so is it, you know, Brown at at wide receiver and see see what happens with him. QBs at that talent level are too valuable. They're going to get their deal. As everybody knows, we are talking to Sportsline NFL analyst Steve Vanover. Uh, Steve, you look at the league, especially from the NFC, the AFC, and, and, and really over the last couple of years, it really has been NFC dominant. And the AFC has been tailing behind uh, the, uh, the, the, I mean, the AFC has been tailing behind the NFC. Now all of a sudden this year with Russell Wilson going over there to the AFC, um, Khalil Mack and, and all these top-end or semi-top-end teams in the AFC are becoming world power teams. What are your thoughts of the AFC and the NFC and the transition from the dominance of the NFC to now the dominance of the AFC? Pendulum swung. You nailed it. It was pretty close, actually. It, it, it had been evening out with the movement there that you just described. On paper right now, it's there. But it might not matter because the NFC still has Aaron Rodgers. They still have Tom Brady. <laughs> they still have the Los Angeles Rams and Stafford and Dak Prescott. Uh, you, you keep waiting for the Cowboys to wake up and, and play up to their potential. So I'll throw that out there, but I'm like you. I, no, I'm not buying that ticket either. But well, the Eagles, the Eagles, I think are going to surprise a lot of people this year. So speaking of the Cowboys not playing up to their potential, as a fan of the Cowboys, what do you think is the biggest reasons for that kind of thing we've Jerry seen? Jones. That, Jerry Jones. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not an idiot, man. I mean, it's, uh, there's only one reason. You look at the one co- uh, constant, who's been in charge of the talent, the decision-making. Um, there you go. Mm. As does, it, does anybody disagree? Mm. No, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong with blaming Jerry Jones for things, especially with all the contracts they've had to trade. The best thing that happened to Jerry Jones is Snyder getting in the league, because then people talk about Snyder instead of Jerry Jones. Uh, when you look at, uh, you know, obviously the 
the AFC, uh, and we, we talk about the dominance of some of these teams, like the Las Vegas uh, Raiders. We're adding, obviously, Adams to a Derek Carr. Now you have Josh McDaniels running the team. Uh, they have weapons. If, Jacob, if Jacobs could stay healthy, they have a tremendous chance of really exploding this year offensively. And then you have the Bengals, which their weakness was last year, their offensive line. They added Collins in the offseason. They drafted very well. They added some offensive line help in the offseason as well. What are your thoughts to some of these teams in the AFC that a lot of people think could really take a step forward uh, uh, over the last couple of years of the growth of their teams? The Bengals are better now than they were in the Super Bowl, period. And that should scare anybody. I don't care which division you're in because you're going to have to get by them either to get to the Super Bowl or face them in the Super Bowl. I I think it's probably going to be the Bengals. Now, of course, the Chiefs, you know, when you got Patrick Mahomes, you can't ever say never. Uh, the Raiders adding incredible talent. Daniels is a total wild card using that talent. There's not a lot of film on what he's going to do. So he's going to have an early season grace period to pull some stuff. Uh, it, it should be a lot of fun. The Bills are better now than they were at the end of last season. That should scare a lot of people. Um, the Colts, ah, okay, they're there. Um, nothing to say about that. But the Chargers, Raiders, Chief, the AFC West, man, who wants to be in that division? Uh, not the Denver Broncos. And they're not a bad team. They're just the worst team in that division. So is there any team, I guess you mentioned the Broncos potentially as one of them, is there any team that's getting a lot of hype that you consider maybe one that could possibly underwhelm, drop off badly, and not succeed their expectations, kind of like what you saw with the Browns last year? The Raiders. You never know with the with a coach like Daniels who got pulled out of that Broncos situation. You just never know with that. Is he going to get the player respect, X, Y, Z? If he does, then it's not a problem. But, yeah, that that could always blow up on you. The Pittsburgh Steelers, if they don't get their QB situation solid, you know, to decide where they're going and how they're going to get there, that team could implode in a hurry. And that's a shame because TJ, you know, Watt there, you don't want to waste that talent. The Cleveland Browns, when they suck, they don't really disappoint anybody. So that doesn't fit. But but the Ravens uh, and their QB, what's going on there? Until that gets solidified, man, that team scares me. That that team could go in the toilet. Again, we are talking to Sportsline NFL analyst Steve Vanover. Uh, last question for me, Steve. The New York Giants, uh, they added Dable. They added some, you know, obviously some interesting offseason acquisitions. Their draft was pretty good in the first round. And then really, I, I don't know where they were going in the second round. Where do you think this team is going to go? Do you think Dable is the answer uh, as the now the new head coach of this organization? All of the moves that the Giants are making on paper. Uh, again, this is a draft that they did. A lot of people didn't agree with it, but there was a purpose behind all the moves they made, the moves they made in free agency. They moved on from some situations that haven't worked out. On paper, it all looks good, but they've got to actually execute now. They've got the talent, but there's as many questions with Daniel Jones as there is with Saquon Barkley. Uh, Barkley has problems with blitz pickup. Uh, he's got that, I got to hit a home run-itis on every play. There's no 
doubting his talent, but he's had a hard time with injuries. He wants to prove himself. His confidence is shot. Uh, it's, it's a mess back there. If, if they come up with a balanced offense, if Daniel Jones starts playing consistently, they can play because their defense is solid and they improved it. They improved it a lot. They finally got the inside settled. They got uh, the chance to add a little pressure and their linebackers are really good. Uh, I, I, I really like their defense. They could surprise a lot of people because there's no expectations, but Daniel Jones, you tell me, does he like give you a lot of confidence? No, nah, it's questions. Questions. My last question. It says on your on your Twitter account, you're actually a veteran. Do you have any uh, stories of your time? Uh, when I first, I am a veteran. Yes and no, but my job was classified. Was, Only reveal what yeah, you can reveal legally. Really okay, that's fine. <laughs> Gotcha. Well, my classification is, is uh, if you have a gun over there, throw me one so I could shoot one of the guys on the, the feeds <laughs> right now. And I want to just uh, absolutely murder, okay, because he has uh, absolutely no idea what he's talking about. But we really appreciate you joining us, my friend. <laughs> I'll, ah, I'll salute your service, too, even if it's classified. Ah, uh, <laughs> oh, there, there you go. We appreciate it. Thanks we really, we really uh, appreciate you joining us, and, and we definitely would like to get you on as the season progressively gets closer. Uh, definitely like to know your thoughts on, on who, do you th- who your winners and losers uh, this year are going to be, who your Super Bowl champion is going to be this year. But we'll, we'll definitely, the next time we get you on, we'll go through it and uh, ask you uh, those interesting questions, my friend. Hey, well, uh, real quick, enjoyed getting a, a vibe for the rhythm. This is a lot of fun. And I see that you're getting Brandon Jacobs on. Yes. I remember watching him play, man. He's, what, what was he, six foot four, yep. 260 something? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, a man. Among boys, uh, that guy was scary, man. He was scary. I remember he had one run. It was like 73 yards, and he just uh, just abused some people and then showed that long speed that he has. And uh, he was he was incredible. Well, we really – first of all, we'll tell him that you said that. And uh, we'll definitely, definitely listen to the interview because he's great. He's been on the show quite a few times. He's a great personality. This will be the first time we get him on a video feed uh, because over the last couple of years, we've got him on uh, a couple of phone calls. He's been very, very busy. He's been sick. So uh, Brandon's going to be joining us tonight. We're really excited uh, to get him on a video feed and have a little fun with him. So we, uh, But we were very, very excited to get you on, and uh, we're looking forward to get you on very, very soon. Thank you very much for joining us, Steve. It's a pleasure. Take care, everybody. We were just talking to Sportsline NFL analyst Stephen Vanover. He was fantastic. He really was. Great personality and a Cowboys fan. Uh, the Brandon's not going to like that. Well, he gave, he gave Brandon Jacobs a lot of compliments. So uh-huh. I think you like that. I mean, Brandon Jacobs was part of what, – what did they call the Giants running back? Earth, uh, wind, and fire. Earth, wind, and fire. That's what they called him. So uh, interesting to see what he's going to say uh, to the Giants, where he thinks the Giants are going this year, and where the Cowboys are going to be this year uh, with Dak Prescott and company. It'll be interesting. Uh, but uh, I, I think Micah Parsons, they hit it right. They were definitely right about that. So it'll be very, very interesting to see uh, where the Cowboys go as the OTAs are about to begin and start. So, And you're going over there. So uh, I, I definitely would like to hear your take, Steve, uh, what you think about the Cowboys and where you think the Cowboys are going uh, when we get you back on the show.
Oh, absolutely, will do. I'll, I'll probably be able to come straight from camp to this show the way absolutely. the time frame fits. And hey, one last thing Go about ahead. Brandon Jacobs. Mm -hmm. When he was playing, we always wondered why they didn't give him the ball more. And we were so happy they didn't. <laughs> you know, and we were like, they'll give him the ball and they would give it to Ahmad Rashad or something mm -hmm. like that. And we were so happy, man, because every time he touched it, he was good for like three to four and a half, five, six, seven. I mean, he would destroy you. I could never figure out why they didn't give him the ball more. Yeah, well, Brandon Jacobs was a beast, as we all know. And uh, he won two Super Bowls for one reason, one reason all. Earth, Wind, and Fire, Fire just absolutely dominated the line of scrimmage. So, uh, as we all know. But uh, thank you, Steve, for joining us. It's a pleasure. Take care, everybody. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be talking to two-time Super Bowl champion running back, Brandon Jacobs, here on the Sports Lab Mounts. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loud Mounts. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. 631-672-3108 is the number. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Was that barking? Yep, this is Snoop Dogg's Wolf. Well, I like that. A little wolf, and we got the big dog himself. As we all know, we are now talking to Giants, two-time Super Bowl champion running back, Brandon Jacobs. Brandon, what's going on, my friend? Oh, nothing much, man. Thanks for having me. Oh. Thanks for having me. Well, we're happy that you're healthy. I know last week you weren't feeling that well. Uh, my producer over here was telling me, how are you feeling today? Is everything okay? Still a little bit stuffy, but I'm okay. I can't complain. I'm above the sauce, so I'm good. <laughs> well, uh, you know, speaking of sauce, you know, the Jets got one. <laughs> I know you don't like that. But, uh, you know, he's going he's gonna to be saucing up uh, the, the, uh, the fields of uh, New York Giants and Jets Stadium over there. So MetLife Stadium will have a little bit of sauce. I, I know it's not something that you want to hear because you're a Giants guy, but uh, uh, Sauce Garner is going to be rocking here in New York for a while. All right, Brandon, you could have ran him over in your day. <laughs> sauce is a, is, a, is, a, is a phenomenal talent. Um, the guy's great. You know, he, he went to a smaller school in Cincinnati, and he proved everybody that you can still go. Get 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 drafted high coming from a school like that doesn't have to be a power five school, which I think Cincinnati is now on their way to no, the Big Twelve. Um, but Sauces Sauces was the best DB in the draft, easy. Mm. So Brandon, why don't we go through what the Giants have done this offseason? They brought in Dable, uh, they brought in a, obviously a new GM. Uh, the organization is going another path uh, you know, over the last couple of years. It just hasn't worked for them. Uh, really, ever since your team uh, has slowly but surely retired, we, we talk about some of the greats, Eli Manning. Uh, this isn't the same team. What were your thoughts with their draft? Obviously, adding Thibodeau and, and, and one of the best offensive linemen in this draft. And, and really, throughout this offseason, what stood out to you the most? Well, what stood out to me most was, one, we needed an edge rusher. Um, you know, so Thibodeau was going to actually be, you know, he was one. I think he's the first guy since Jason Pierre-Paul that we had that we kind of excited about. Definitely excited to see him roll. And I think they drafted the big lineman, uh, Evan Neal, mm -hmm. I think it was, mm -hmm. and big, well, right tackle. 
uh, I think from Alabama. I think that's that's going to be, you know, you got Andrew Thomas on the other side and Evan Neal on the other side. So I think our bookends on, on the offensive line is going to be pretty special. I think we got a chance, man. I, I, I still believe in Daniel Jones. Um, I, I want to see Saquon stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if he stays healthy and, and, and could have a, just a above average season, I think he'll make the Giants that much better. So the big dilemma, too, as well, is with Saquon staying healthy or struggling to stay healthy, they got to pay him soon. So we've heard this mantra of now running backs not getting paid as much. So do you think the Giants will end up paying Saquon? And does he have to stay healthy this year in order to prove it? He has to stay healthy this year. But if he stays healthy or not, the Giants isn't going to give him with with the Cowboys, dumbass Cowboys game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're... I shouldn't call them dumb because I, I I like to see guys get paid. Mm-hmm. That's not why I'm calling them dumb. I just don't like them. But um, <laughs> I'm glad Zeke got paid. I think uh, Chris uh, uh, McCaffrey got paid as well. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Giants is going to put that type of money on a running back. I, I just don't. I don't think they're going to do that. Saquon could come out and rush for 1,500 yards and have 25 touchdowns. I still don't think they're going to do that. As everybody, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Think that they're cut to do that. As everybody knows, we are talking to two-time Super Bowl champion running back Brandon Jacobs. Brandon, the Giants uh, have a very interesting schedule going into the season. Game number one is against the Titans. Their schedule gets very, very easy uh, going into the middle and end of the season. Do you think that this Giant team could, because of their schedule uh, and because of their division, win nine or ten games this year? Well, you you said you the the middle toward the end of the schedule could be very very easy mm-hmm. because I realize those teams you're saying it's easy they might be looking at the Giants the same way because we haven't had anything to smile about the last few years so why should they feel like it's you know why should we feel like it's easy I do think we can win ten games it's all about health though you got to you got to stay healthy there's always the healthiest team in the end is going to be the most successful team it's been like that for the last fifty years in the NFL if you can stay healthy. Down, you know, you know, you know, down the stretch, or at least be mentally and physically tough enough to play through an injury. I think your team is going to be okay. So we've seen this off season a lot of players forcing their way out, getting more power across the league. Now I don't know if it'll ever get to the same level of the NBA, but you can you see the NFL kind of having that level of player power with certain superstar players and key positions like that. No, I don't see that happening ever. I don't see that happening ever. Like, you know, the NBA build power teams. I mean, they build, they build, they build super teams. Philadelphia Eagles tried to do that about 10 years ago and it did not work out for them. They had everybody and their mom on their team and they didn't even make the playoffs. I think that was actually yeah. the dream team. Allegedly. <laughs> but I, I don't, I don't, I don't see, I don't see a lot of NFL teams, you know, gravitating toward it because to be honest, it's not that many stars. They don't. They don't have that. You know, like that many big, big names at each position where you can create a team like team like that. But um, you know, I, I just see the NFL. To be honest with you, with, you know, with the rules and the way things are going, it's going to be interesting for you know for me to see where the league ends up in the next couple of years. Brandon, you look at the the running backs that you played with, uh, obviously. Uh, the earth, wind, and fire, which you had over there with the New York Giants when you won the two time, two Super Bowls. 
And now you look at the Giants with Saquon Barkley, and everybody's trying to wonder. Everybody remembers when Saquon Barkley was drafted. He was a top three pick, and everybody was questioning why the Giants in the top three, Saquon wasn't the final piece to help them win a Super Bowl. Why would you go with a running back? And and you saw what the Giants did in the time that you guys dominated. You had three guys that helped in many different ways. Do you think the Giants have gone the wrong route when it comes to the running game, or do you think – do you think they're going the right route with Saquon Barkley? No, I definitely think they're going the right route with him draft, like drafting Saquon where he was drafted at was was big time. Mm-hmm. They can help the team out. You know, I think he rushed for what? What he had thirteen hundred yards. Thirteen hundred yards his rookie season. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like the year after that, and did the same thing, and then he got hurt the last two years. Coming up on year five for him, correct? Mm-hmm. He's actually proved that he was worth every dime they they that they paid him when he's healthy. The kid, I mean, he's a phenomenal talent, still a generational talent. So I want to see what, like, I'm, I'm excited to see, like, what he can do this year, you know? And I think the Giants went the right route. Now, when I when I was there, we had me in the fourth round, Derek Ward in the seventh round, mm-hmm. and my pressure in the seventh round, and we ripped off two Super Bowls. Derek and I rushed for 1,000 yards together, uh, the same backfield, and then me and the mod came close to it the year after that. So, I mean, we... we we're talking about a fourth-round pick and two second-round picks. So you just never know. Drafting and free agency is just like pissing in the wind. You know, you just hope. <laughs> you don't really know what these guys can, you know, can do. You don't know if he's just a good college player at dominating colleges. Now you're out here with grown men that got kids to feed mm-hmm. and wives to keep happy. It is not the same. It's not the same. So you, you, you really, you know, I like I think some of the only guys who can pan out as – for you know, first round picks that you know is going to be good is edge rushers, and 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 that's about it. Mm-hmm. So, from player to coach now, Tom Coughlin, what was he like? And do you have a great Tom Coughlin story that maybe a lot of fans don't know about? Um, Coach Coughlin, man, is a phenomenal leader. Um, I would not be led by anybody else. I would not go in the war with anybody else. The, uh, like other than Coach Coughlin, we had it out. We had our disagreements, like you know, like sometimes. But I love Coach to death, you know. And would never pick any, pick anybody like he, he, like like he's that guy. Like I remember, he, he, I remember he told me a long time ago. He said every time Ahmad is late for anything, he was gonna find me because I'm <laughs> supposed to be the leader. I'm like, what the hell is that? Like, what that comes from? Like, are you serious? You're supposed to be the leader of the group, and you you're supposed to be you're supposed to make sure your guys is on time all the time. Okay, that makes sense. Take out of my pocket. Gotcha. Makes sense. But I was on his ass from that day forward. (laughs) As everybody knows, we are talking to two-time Super Bowl champion running back Brandon Jacobs. I remember those Super Bowl teams, and, and what the Giants built around was the trenches. They built around the defensive line in the first one. They had Michael Strahan and a young um, uh, O.C. Mayor, and, and then obviously the year after, uh, in, in 2011, they had Justin Tuck and then O.C. Mayor. They built around the defensive line, and they always had a very strong offensive line. Do you think that that is the route and that's the way of going? Not necessarily the quarterback, the star quarterback, is building around the two parts of their lines. That is the way to win a Super Bowl? I agree. I agree. Get your Every other year, you get your offensive alignment. Then next year, you get your edge rusher. Then you go find you a DB that third year. I, that's what I think. Because 
anything offensively other than alignment, you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what you're going to get out of a wide receiver. You don't know because you, 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 you haven't been covered by top-tier players every Saturday. You're going to be covered by top-tier players every Sunday, Thursday, Monday. You're going to be covered by somebody that's just as physically gifted as you are. So, uh, you know, I, I like I think going offensive line and defensive line is always your best bet as far as, as, far as drafting talent. So that whole offseason before the 2007 season, there was that whole saga with Tiki Barber before he retired. Uh, I don't, I, again, I don't know exactly how the players, what they'll be able to say with that kind of thing, but what was the surrounding noise with that and also the player interaction like when it came to when that? Tiki made the decision to, to retire, you mean? Yeah, like at the time. Like, was there any signs with him like at the end of his career when you got there? Oh, no. Tiki could have played another two, three years from what I saw. He rushed for 1,800 yards his last season. 1,800 yards his last season, his year 10, 1,800. You don't get that. So when he, he told me that, he told us at the beginning of the season in the running back room he was going to be done. He told us that then. And as the season was going, I'm actually getting nervous and more nervous and nervous because I now it's my turn to step up. But I'm like, Tiki, you sure you want to leave? Like, you, you just rushed for 1,800 yards, bro. Like, what, what are you leaving for? Like, that's definitely leaving on top of, you know, on top, but. Still think he got a few years in, and he said he had some other things planned, and he had some other things he wanted to do. So he's definitely retiring. So, and that's what came of it, man. We never talked about it again. We wished him well, loved him to death, and took you know we just took it over and, and went with it. As everybody knows, we are talking to Giants two-time Super Bowl champion running back Brandon Jacobs. Brandon, obviously, you played in the AFC uh, NFC East for such a long time. As we know, you hate the Cowboys, you probably hate Washington, and you more than likely hate the Philadelphia Eagles. In order, who do you hate the most and why? Well, I hate the Dallas Cowboys the most. <laughs> like the most, almost to the point to where empty building, right? Nobody in the building. I kind of drop an airstrike down on it and it's <laughs> there. And let's and let's see all the and let's see what all that money Jerry got down there and how fast he can build another facility and stadium. I, like I hate I hate the Cowboys. I I absolutely I, I hate them. I do because you know and it's not even the Cowboys and the quote unquote, unquote success that they had to make me hate them because they don't have any of that shit. But <laughs> they're fans. The fans of the Cowboys. That's the people who make me really hate them. You know what I mean? Like they always. I don't know. They always like, how about them boys and this, that, like every year you're going to be great. Every year you're going to win it. Every year you're going to do this. Every year you're going to do, you know, and you're going to do that. And they seem to not respect any other franchise in the NFL. And that's just, to me, that's just, that's just, that's just piss poor fandom. Like you you don't like the game. You like some mirage star that's never going to be there in the end. (laughs) You know, this, I just, so Cowboys, um, and Washington and Philly could kind of fit in there together. Uh, I don't really hate them as much as I hate the Cowboys because, be honest with you, like Washington never really posed a threat to us, and Philly did at some points. But those were great football games, and I love this. I love Philadelphia fans. They're crazy. <laughs> they don't have it all. They're not wrapped tight. Whatever you want to call it, like they are. They they lose cameras, and I and I think I like that. The loose cannons, all right. They're throwing things on the field. Too. Or eating crap after they win a Super Bowl. <laughs> you can throw it back. It's perfectly fine. When I was the league, 
will find you, but you know, pick it up right back. They tell you something, something disrespectful, you trying to tell them something disrespectful. I, I used to like playing in Philly because you never know, you never know what you know, like what it was you were gonna get. Well, if you after you won the Super Bowl, would you go out in the street and try to pick up horse crap and try to eat it? <laughs> nice and clean, put his ring there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, ah, oh no, absolutely. Right. Them boys crazy, man. That's just, just, just what it is over there in Philly, though. Like you know what you're gonna get. I want to go back to what you were saying about the Cowboys fans. Isn't it great how they always have the mantra of "This is our year" all the time. <laughs> this is it every year. <laughs> and yeah. never- I mean, they do. I have my favorite player over there, Michael Parsons, though. That boy's a beast. I wish the Giants could have drafted him. Yeah. At last year. But again, it was some other funny trade stuff that went down that kept him from doing that. So speaking yeah, of but, no, I was gonna say, speaking of linebackers, when you played, whether it was in the NFC East or across the league, is there a, a one one defensive player when you broke a tackle of his or or juked him or whatever that you were like, oh yeah, I, I got the best out of him. Because there are a lot of good ones in the NFC East, but also but anyone across the league. If, if there's anyone like when you ran him over, who was it? Well breaking Air Reed's tackle is pretty good. Okay. Uh, uh da, 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 da. Yeah, outside the NFC East, I would have to say it. I gotta say, Ed Reed, like breaking a tackle of his, that was pretty good for me. But but the greatest competitor I've ever competed against, the greatest competitor I've ever competed against was Brian Dawkins. Mm-hmm. Hands down. I didn't say he was the best player, I said he was the greatest competitor. That's a big difference. He's gonna be there in the end. He's gonna emotionally, uh, he's gonna emotionally lead his team there. He's gonna physically put his body on the line for his team, and, and he's gonna be there. Like in the end, did he have better safeties than than Doc? Probably so, but they didn't have no better safeties than Dawkins playing the run. They might he might have been able to cover a little bit better than Doc, but for us coming down and playing the run, the boy was there. It was the greatest competitor I faced. Easy. As everybody knows, we are talking to Giants two-time Super Bowl champion running back Brandon Jacobs. When you won your first Super Bowl in 2007, and, and really the way you did it, and, and I remember, if, I've, I, if I haven't mistaken, if you remember it as much as I do, that was the year that you played the Jets in 2007. It was at, uh, I think it was uh, Christmas Eve, it was. And, I think that was the second one. Oh, it was the second one. I'm, I'm yeah. sorry, the 2011. Uh, yeah, that was the Go ahead. Yeah, that was the Super Bowl. So I'm sorry. So 2011, I was at that game, and the Jets were mm-hmm. playing pretty good super, uh, pretty good football. And I remember that Victor Cruz touchdown that really changed the game, really changed the emotion of the game. And then all of a sudden, after that game, the Giants started playing good football. They they got into, I think they played the Patriots the final game, and then you guys got into the super, got into the playoffs and completely dominated from one game to the, the next game to the next game. Uh, what were your thoughts that year when you beat the Jets, uh, you know, at Christmas Eve? Was that the game that really changed everything for you guys? Uh, uh, maybe so. Uh, yeah, because we had so much surrounding that game. 
you know, we had the, you know, the takeover New York. We were, you know, we had we had that, and then we had, um, you know, they take like they taking all our accomplishments down off the wall because it was actually their home game. Um, but they didn't know their lease was up that game, so they, they had they had they had to pay the lease, and I don't think they I don't think they made the payment, so we kicked them out of the stadium. <laughs> but they they tried to cover up our Super Bowls, and and it was actually our locker room. On our side, they it had nothing to do with them even seeing the trophies, the trophies and the, the Super Bowl stuff up there. Nothing to do with them. They were just being assholes and trying to really abuse their authority because it was their home game. But we politely took their little curtain down and politely laid it on the ground and went out there and kicked their ass. So Thank you, Brandon. Thank you. I'm a Jet fan, so you make me feel so much more happier. Uh, having you on the show, I love you, man. Well, you guys, the FC Championship game like the year before that. So I that do. I, listen, Brent, Brandon, I would, I would agree with you because I remember that game. I was at that game, and I remember what the Jets were bragging about. And and if you're gonna, and I've I've said this to Rex Ryan, I've I've talked to Rex Ryan about that game, and I said if you're gonna do the things that you did before the game, you either put up or shut up. And the Giants pretty much laid the smack down on you, and he admitted it. He said it. He, he's especially in the second half. He was out coached by Tom Coughlin, and and that's why Tom Coughlin, in in his words, is one of the greatest coaches of all time. Because the guy, it, it, Rex Ryan, one of the best defensive minds of all time. People say it to this day, but Tom Coughlin always had the best of Rex, always. And he said it. He, Tom Coughlin was, was just that much smarter than he was. Tom Coughlin will have you prepared to fight a war. Tom, if 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 the NFL was fought with guns and, and guns and, and, and hand grenades, the Giants would be undefeated. <laughs> and that that man would have you ready, and he always has some sort of somebody, some highly ranked military guy come talk to us every week, every other week. You have a guy in there that has been on the front line or, or something in the military to tell us about their story and how football compares to fighting and supporting one another. And it was just great that he always had those kind of people around. Like the guy had us prepared to play football. I can't, I can't lie about that. Great. He had us super prepared and he made sure we knew everything about our opponent. So I know we, last time we had you on the show, you were talking about the, the running back, the stories with that. How about a, a teammate that's maybe more under the radar too? Any good stories with any of those teammates on either one of the championship teams? Under the radar? Yeah, maybe a player that was lesser known to, to fans. That was a big deal to the team, Deion Grant. Okay. Wow. Deion Grant was in the second Super Bowl. He – was a was a, was a tremendous leader on the defense, tremendous leader for our team. He was in the league. He was going on year eleven at that point. He was on year eleven at that point. Um, so I think Deion Grant is really really one of the guys that really helped us win. The, you know, just the Super Bowl. You know, he played in Seattle. I think he went to the, the uh, Seattle. Mm-hmm. I think he went to the Super Bowl with Seattle. I'm not sure if they won or not. They lost to the but, Steelers. Yeah. They yeah. So he had you know he had one one yet. But coming with us and being a leader, I think he's one of the guys on there that 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 I, I that I like to give give credit to on, on on one of the most you know on one of the reasons why we actually pulled it out defensively. You know, he was there for us. As everybody knows, we are talking to Giants. 
two-time Super Bowl champion running back, Brandon Jacobs. Uh, Brandon, one of the fans asked me to ask you this question. How many fights did his team get into when he played for Coffeyville? And does he still hate Garden City? I can't stand Garden City. And we used to get in a fight all the time. <laughs> but a lot of people don't understand about junior college. When I went to junior, it was a lot of at-risk kids. You know, you got at-risk kids going to one school and competing for a spot. 12 out-of-state spots on a team of 55, right? So you get all these kids coming from these different hoods that just weren't eligible to go to Division One, or was just bad as hell, you know? Like, that's really really what it was. I can't stand Garden City, and, and when you play, it's the same thing. You know, you got a bunch of at-risk kids that's out there playing against each other, and we fight break out every week. But I can't stand Garden City. Their mascot was the Bronco Busters. What, <laughs> what the hell is a Bronco Buster? <laughs> We've seen a lot now with Eli Manning more off the field than we did with the Manning Cash this year on the Monday Night Football. Have you heard any of that? And if so, like, what does that show about his personality? And do you have anything about his personality that maybe a lot of fans wouldn't know? Man, that you know, for, I'm glad they, I'm glad they ended up giving him that show, and I'm glad Eli ended up accepting it because people could really see his real personality like that that's eli's personality that's it he's a jokester he's gonna prank you he's gonna do stuff like that he's just he's just not this real loud and obnoxious guy it's just not him like that was me so that it just wasn't him so i'm actually glad they had opportunity to do that show so people could really see his real personality what we saw in a locker room every day brandon your son in 2025 is he took the offer from K-State. Obviously, he's, you know, trying to be what his father was, a successful college football player, and then, obviously, an NFL player. Tell us a little bit about your son. What type of player is he? Well, Braden is a um, big old young man, should I say. He's 6'6", about 3'10", 3'12", something like that. He's 15 <laughs> years old, plays right tackle. He's really good at it. Um He's one of the top tackles in the country. Uh, just supporting him, man. Like whatever it is he want to do, he got. He has eighteen Division One offers right now. So I mean, uh, the, 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 you know, he has the, the sky's the limit for him. You know, he's a great kid. The way he is, like if you meet him, he, you would never think that he's that guy. You would never think that he's got them all in people. Uh, you know, he's whenever thinks he's a big, nice kid, man. I love him to death. You know, the kid's gonna be special. You know. Uh, it's going to be really special. So I'm just here to support him on whatever it is he does and wherever he wants to go to school. You know, I just want it to be somewhere decent where the coaches are great and the coaches are going to be there. Mm. That's it. That's the only thing. You should show him some tape of your uh, of your teammate, Kareem McKenzie. That'll, that'll help him out. Uh, big peach. <laughs> <laughs> just remember who Kareem K- McKenzie was drafted by, okay? <laughs> Let's remember who he succeeded with. <laughs> What was that, Brandon? What happened? Wait, so wasn't Kareem drafted by the Jets? That's right, he was. <laughs> I want to remember where he succeeded. Wow, so he so he just walked from, from, from uh, I guess it was, what, Long Island at that point, or where the Jets was? <laughs> like, like, then? Well, it was New Jersey, because they played in the same stadium as Jill. No, no, no. I know that, but I'm saying at that time, the Jets didn't have the facility in Florida, yes. did they? Yes, no, they didn't. So mm-hmm. he just came on right from over there and, and became an instant winner. Look at that. There you go. All right, Brandon. Stop it. Stop it. Stop slicing <laughs> instant it. Instant winner. My New York Jets. I'm tired of this. We get Giants on this show all the time, and they like just they like just slipping it in. They know. 
They know I'm a Jet fan. Everybody knows I'm a Jet fan. So every single giant we've had on this show, every one of them, they like to crack jokes. They like, you know what? I'm going to throw you a, cor- a curveball, Mr. Marks. And why not? Brandon Jacobs throwing another one. Oh, he, got, he lived in Long so, Island. So, so, so let me ask you a question. Go so, ahead, Hippie. So what was it like growing up liking the Jets and never, ever having an opportunity to cheer for them at the, at the, at the height of life? You know, everybody asks me that question, and what and what made you want to be a Jet fan? And it was yeah. it's so funny that I, people ask me that. I was six years old, and I was I, I watched my first football game. I actually knew what football was. I was watching my first football game, and it was a Jet game. And I remember it very very closely. I I'm pretty sure they were playing the Houston uh, Houston Texans. I think it was. And or Houston Oilers. I'm sorry. It was the Houston was Oilers. You were a kid. It was around. the Houston yeah. Oilers. And I remember that game, and the Jets won that game. And for some reason, I just I, – I love the green and white. And all my friends th- growing up were all Giant fans. And it, for some reason, I just liked the underdog. It was always – the Jets were the underdog every single year because they never won and I just wanted to root for the underdog and they've been the underdog ever since then so people ask me what was it like being a Jet fan when I never got to experience them even playing in a Super Bowl it, it's not easy it's not easy being a Jet fan as anybody knows but there is one thing a Jet fan is a dedicated fan they have always stuck by their teams nobody's going to turn on their team they believe in their team they're not Cowboy fans where they think <laughs> every year is our year we're just hoping one year will be our year. So it hasn't come, and hopefully one of these years we'll have the experience and the time to see the Jets make it to the Super Bowl and actually have a chance to win one. How old are you? I am 40 years old, my friend. Okay, so we're the same age. Mm-hmm. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> well, you ain't got much longer left. Well, stop throwing that onto the bus, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I we're not I, the, first of all, Brandon. Football players end their careers very, very early. Athletes end their. You're a young man. You are a young man playing in a young man's game. So uh, you're in great shape. Anybody that sees you, even on this foot, we see a bunch of people saying, "Wow, Brandon Jacobs is in great shape." Same thing with me. It, age is just a number, not in sports, but age is just a number. It's mm-hmm. it's how you take the next step in your life is what could change the path for everyone around you and I think me being 40 years old I feel better than I did when I was 30 so yes I'm 40 years old I think I have a lot of years left I think you have a lot of years left I just think that as a Jet fan you just wonder when that time is going to come and hopefully with Joe Douglas there and with this coaching staff with Robert Soller and and the guys that they have over there one of these years we're going to see an opportunity where the Jets are going to be uh, a contender for a Super Bowl championship. And I hope it's – now, I know you're not a Jet fan, obviously. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm but, not uh, Do you think they got the nicest uniforms in the NFL, though? Do you really? You like mm. the Jets' uniforms? Like uniform. However, <laughs> being being a Jet fan is like being on hospice. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the next thing you're going to do is die. That's the next <laughs> – <laughs> Oh man! I'm, I, <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll see. That. I mean, I, I don't have anything. You know, they had a pretty good draft. They had a pretty good draft. I, I, they do. You're funny, man. 
want to see what they do this year. I don't even think we play you this year. No, next year. No, next next year. It'll the, be next year. Giants play the AFC South this year. Yeah, it'll be next year. It'll be fun. And I, you know what, Brandon? I'll tell you what, Brandon. Next year, if the Jets are, if the Jets and the Giants are compared compared to be good, I on me, I will take you and your son Braden on me to the Jets Giants game. How's that sound? That's a that, that's definitely a deal. Let's let's do it. I I, I think it'll be fun. I, I think going with you and your son. I, your son's probably twice the size of you know three times the size of me. But I it'll be on me. He's we bigger will, than me. He's bigger than you, but well, that's that's saying a lot. We should interview your son. We've interviewed some of the top prospects in the country. That would be great. Maybe we'll get your son on the show. You guys, whenever you guys, you know, should, should want to do it, man. I, he's right here always. If I'm here, he's here. All right. So maybe maybe Speedy will reach out to you. We'll get your son on the show. But I, that's the deal. If the Jets and Giants are compared compare to be contenders next year, playoff contending teams, on me, me, you, Braden, and maybe Speedy, on me to the play to that game to the Jets and Giants game. How's that sound? I'm with it. All right, you heard it, Speedy. Yeah, my my brother actually had had your jersey when he was a kid. I don't know if it'll still fit him anymore, but, but I'll have to see if I can still find that in my house. If that ends up being the case, <laughs> I don't think anybody could fit in his jersey. Six foot four, brolic. 240 pounds of a bull rush. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't say it was game war. We didn't have that level of, of we didn't have that level of money to be able to get that. But he, yeah. he, he did have your jersey at, at the time. Uh, this is this is when uh, 2000, 2008, I think we got it all as Christmas gifts. I got Eli Manning's. He, he got Brandon oh, Jacobs. Best team. 2018 yeah. was the best team, man. Mm-hmm. We were so much better than any other team we ever had. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. We were supposed to go back to back, but we just didn't. Mm hmm. Yeah, that, that year, that year was they were twelve. You guys were twelve and four that year, or thirteen and three. Yeah, yeah we ended up going twelve and four, but we but we had our mishap at eleven and one. So we only won one game after Plexico had his accident and um, kind of stopped us. The man had so much to do with our success; it wasn't even funny. We didn't even realize how much he had to do with the success of our offense. It was crazy. How, how it, it was crazy how much he meant to our offense. And you either gonna double him. And we're going to run down your throat, or are you going to play man out there and he's going to destroy you? Mm-hmm. I, will, I will say this. The Pittsburgh Steelers, to this day, probably wishes they never let go of Plaxico Boris because he could have been that piece that could have helped them win multiple Super Bowls because I think Plaxico Boris was so underrated in the prime of his career. And Plax was an unbelievable talent. 6'5", 230, out there running routes. Looked like a gazelle out there. Just, just phenomenal talent man it's funny to think they at one point had plaxico burris and heinz Ward on the same team two big bodied receivers it seems like since then they always draft small right. receivers right right so he, he 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 was tough to deal with man like what like for, for any corner in in the league at that point uh who like it like during you know like during that era would you would say ashante samuel was a good corner really good corner darrell revis uh l harris uh rob woodson I mean, not Rob, Charles Woodson. Charles yes. Woodson, yep. Uh, who else was it? Nomni Awesome, Watch Champ Bailey. There were a couple, yeah. 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 And so Nomni was one of the guys on the dream team for mm-hmm. the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Yes. Guys over there. Uh, so, I mean, we had some good corners, but, man, I I, I, I just – they all struggle with, with PB. They all struggle with him. Like, they could tell you right now, like, man, I hated playing the Giants. 
You got a guy six six five running like that. It's hard to it's hard to he he going up and getting it over you. He can outrun you. Everything. Flex was an unbelievable talent, and he's, to me, he's always going to be over. He, he's going to always be underrated. Mm. My guy, number one, and uh, yeah, he he was great. But when he went down from you know from that little accident, we were screwed. I was convinced that nobody was going to beat us throughout the playoffs if we'd if we'd had him. It was it was funny. You mentioned the 2011 Eagles. I my one of my best friends growing up was a, was an Eagles fan. So once they I guess struggled in that season and and they underwhelmed to the worst of their abilities and finished like seven and nine or whatever they did that year. I called them the Dream On team from them, and I kept trolling him all year because of that. <laughs> oh man, I think that's the year we won it. You guys won, yeah, for Super Bowl yeah. forty six. That was that year, and, I, and so that's why I made it, that regular season just more memorable. Even though obviously the Super Bowl forty two upset was probably. Mm-hmm bigger just with the magnitude like that regular season the journey to get there the block field goal against dallas there was like so many so many things that year it was like yep <laughs> and he was at the end of the year because they were surging because they started off slow he was like oh nope they're gonna come back the giants are gonna lose to the jets and all that and once the giants beat the jets and sealed it at that point the... stop bragging about that I, I'm, I'm bragging about it from the stop Eagles it. standpoint not the jets uh, i just brought it up because it was week 16 i mean i think the jets finally beat the eagles like last year or the year before that so I mean, the Jets had a problem beating the Eagles. For some reason, the AFC East hasn't been easy for the New York Jets. I mean, the NFC East hasn't been good for the New York Jets. So that's just my my theory over there. I, I think throughout last year, I think last year, or like other than the years I played, I think last year was the first year in the NFL where it was really competitive. Mm. I think NFL was really competitive last year. You didn't have one team dominating. Mm. I think the I think the I think the LA Rams played every top team in the league last year. They yep. won some, lost some. Every time you look on prime time, it was the Rams playing somebody. Every other week, you know, and they will win some and they will lose some. Nobody just dominated the NFL last year. The NFL should be like that, where where if you the like four wins should be about it. Four to five win. I mean, I mean four. I'm sorry, four to five losses. Each team should have at least five losses mm. throughout the every year. Mm. It should be like that. And I think last year ended up being like that. I want to see another competitive year like last year. Yeah, the NFC the NFC West last year was like the NFC East when you play, just so much good teams in that. You know, San Francisco, they like they like like they just beat up on each other. Mm. I think Arizona went to a point where they was the number one team like in the league. Yeah, they were the last undefeated team. Division play got busted up by the Rams mm. in San Francisco. They went beat the Rams. I'm like, boy, this this is some good football. They swept the Rams in the regular season and then they lost right. to them and then right. they, swept them. <laughs> they swept them in the regular season and then you never knew, you know, what you was gonna get out of Seattle. Seattle can show up and be the best team in the league. You know, Seattle and, swept and, the Niners, and then the Niners swept, swept the Rams. It, it was really competitive on you know on the West Coast last year. So man, I'm I'm really looking forward to see, you know, you know what this 2022 season has for us. I'm I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. One more question for us before we let you go, because we really appreciate you joining us as long as you have. Uh, who was the biggest talker on the field that you remember when you played the game? Biggest talker on the field. Ooh, that's a good one. I would say me. I'm always say somebody in NFC East because that's what I saw the most. Dawkins, <laughs> that boy Dawkins was. <laughs> man, Dawkins would tell you everything, you know. But he would never cuss. He would never curse. He would never do any of that. It wouldn't be real. This we always on you, always in your face, always had something to say. So he was probably the biggest trash talker. You know, he's probably the trash talker we had in the, in our division anyway. 
we, we had Taba Ali on, and I, I forget who he said, because well, I asked him the same question. And Taba and me became really, really good friends, and we talk. He was, he's in New Jersey right now. Shout out to Taba Ali. And Thomas from like Teaneck or something like Yeah, he's, he's, he's in New Jersey right now. He's, he told me hurt something. His, his leg started, his knee started giving out on him recently. I, I, we follow each other on Snapchat, and he told me, because we were going to meet up, and he told me uh, he hasn't been feeling very well. He wanted me to come and see him when he came out here. He's been out here for a month, and he's going back to KC. But uh, Taba actually is is rapping and doing all this stuff right now and producing. He's doing a great job. He, he's, a, he's a hardworking, dedicated person in the industry. And I, I one of these days, somebody's going to give him an opportunity to really shine as well as he did in football. But he was telling me that, you know, all I those I think he years, said Walter Jones, I think. Was, was it Walter Jones? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, he, he Taba t- was telling us a little bit about his career and some of the guys. And he, we did mention you, and uh, he told me that that boy can hit. And he, so, <laughs> so uh, you know, Taba is a like I said, very well respected around the league and uh, very smart and dedicated person to what he is doing uh, off the field and and very dedicated in trying to help the sport grow. So, uh, shout out to Taba. Hi, man, he's he's a good guy. You know, I played against him a couple times and. Uh... We, we used to have this play called 136 and 137 a knockdown where the, I would go to the edge or three-step drop. And the line would slide away from the end, and it would be me and the end, like one-on-one. So we had, you know, we definitely applied it a few times. Um, but, man, phenomenal talent, you know. I'm talking about giving tackles hell. Fast off the edge, strong. Like, like he was – I think he's probably one of the most underrated players of my era as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think they definitely, definitely underrated. There's no question. Would have got to 100 sacks if he didn't have those injuries towards the end of his career. He yeah, had 89. Beast, right? He yeah. was a beast. He was a beast. Like we, we had to plan for him. Mm. Well, we really appreciate you joining us. Speedy's going to reach out to you. We're going to get your son on. We love interviewing some top young prospects. Uh, we've interviewed some, what was it two years ago? We interviewed the top fifty prospects that are now going into their second year of college football, and, and they're growing. And we're, we're, they're the next big uh, superstars. Probably, I would say about seven or eight of them are going to be top, you know, top twenty, top thirty picks in the next two years. So we really enjoy interviewing some of the young prospects that are going, uh, you know, into college and, and eventually going into college and becoming the stars, either from their fathers. We've interviewed some guys that their fathers played in the league and some of the guys that eventually moved on to the NFL and became pretty good players. So we really enjoy, we really enjoyed the interview, Brandon, and uh, we're, we definitely want to get you on. And, and I'm going to hold up to my promise with you that if the Giants and the Jets are playoff contenders next year, me, you, your son, and Speedy on me to the, to the game. So I, I, I have no problems doing that. I like the plan to me. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, we were just talking to Giants, two-time Super Bowl champion, running back, Brandon Jacobs. Fantastic guy. Uh, He's not a Jet fan, okay? He hates the Jets, and he hates the Cowboys. That so much is true, but we love him. Uh, This is not the first or the second time he's been on the show. And the first time we got him on a video chat. Yeah. But uh, fantastic, fantastic personality. So. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. That's, that's, that's really sweet coming from a Jet fan. No. <laughs> well, you're welcome, sir. <laughs> he's got he's, he's, he's to take, take the last shots. Just remember, I think I'm older than you, Brandon. <laughs> you, are, no, you, are, you are by two months. I just researched tips. He was born July 6th, 82. You're April 29th, 82. What were you going to say, Brandon? No, I'm just saying I just turned 40. On on the six, so you're definitely older than me. I I was born. I, well, I my birthday was April, so 
Uh, so I'm your elder man. So you have to be a little bit more nicer to me. <laughs> uh, I'll try. I'll, just be... <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll buy you a Jets jersey since you love them so much. With your name on the back of it. See, nah. see, Brand- see, Brandon. When you when he buys you the Jets jersey, you could you could come come to the game and, and either burn it or rip it up, whichever you prefer. <laughs> but I want the Jets jersey that's going to have this symbol on it. <laughs> Oh, you'll have to Photoshop that. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Speedy, you got jokes? You got jokes. Oh, man. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. When they do win that Super Bowl, whenever that happens, I'll be sure to send you one. <laughs> I want it. And I'll sign it. it for you. <laughs> no, actually, I want that jersey, and then I want and then I want Ryan on the back of it for, Coach, uh, for uh, Rex Ryan. Oh, God, it. please. <laughs> He'll, he'll probably get a tattoo of something. <laughs> Please. Please. I mean, as much as I love Coach Ryan and I have a lot of respect for him, I, I just I, I have no idea for, for some reason he liked to sprout his big mouth and it caused us tremendous amount of trouble, not only in the newspapers, but uh, throughout the league, which called us a, a clown organization. You don't see Sala doing that. And that, that's why I respect Robert Sala more than anything. Well, you know, you know, he gave bullets. He gave bulletin board material that that teams took personal. Guys, mm-hmm. personal when you know, kind of, you know, you know, kind of like Michael Jordan always say, which is personal to me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> kind of what you do, like man, that's really personal. He really feel like that. Wow. Yeah, so, I like Coach Ryan. He's a good dude. You know, we had our little run in, but talked to him after that. He told me. He 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 told me thank me. I said, well, what are you thanking me for? I was with Sam Fran that, that one year we went to Cam down and played the Jets. And he was like, um, thank you. I'm like, what are you thanking me for? Because because of you, I lost weight. I'm like, oh, all right, I got you. <laughs> By the way, one of our fans in the comments section also says, uh, I've got the first 1000 bucks of NIL money if your son Braden goes to Boston College. Goes to Boston College. Uh, <laughs> so... We got that deal already, then. So we got some. We got some. Thousand dollars. He needs more than that, man. Come on, we need more than that. Maybe a hundred thousand. Jeff's got to give him a hundred thousand. That sounds a little bit better. Yeah. Well, I can tell you this: he's smart enough to get in. That's all I care about. He's smart enough to get into Boston College. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I could tell you this: thank God the players are starting to make some money. They should have been doing that a long time ago. And I, I think it's it's wrong the way the NCAA. When you're using these guys' names and these guys are top prospects and they're only playing a few years, they're not even finishing their college degree, and they're helping your team, your your team get a play in those bowl games where you're making an extra ten or twelve million dollars. That's helping and opening opportunities for you to open up uh, new libraries and new things that for your school. Uh, these players should have been making money a long, long time ago. So. Well, you know, they still don't pay by the university, so they still keep they still keep all of their money hmm. coming from the local businesses in those in those in those towns where the schools are. You know, now of course it's worked by the schools, but the schools aren't giving any of these kids. They aren't they aren't giving any money to the kids. Hmm. They, it's not you know. So you have a local business in the area, right. you know, that's going to pay a kid five hundred thousand dollars or whatever mm-hmm. it is. That's just that's how it goes, man. So the school's still getting off pretty good. Good, Braden will be taking care of you soon, Mr. Jacobs. Hey, man. Well, 
I'm still good for for a good bit. I'm still I still should be good. I should make it to retirement. <laughs> You're not retired yet. What are you doing over there? <laughs> no, man. I, I should make it to where I get my retirement. I got right? you. I got you. Well, it it doesn't hurt having a six foot six, almost three hundred pound youngster who's fifteen years old and looking uh, to really spark his name up. For not only for what his father has done, but for what he could do in the future. So, we, we again, we really appreciate you joining us. And we'll get Braden on the show as well. And we'll talk to you soon, my friend. Guys, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Brandon Jacobs, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, I want to get into this Juan Soto situation. Because mm-hmm. it seems like uh, a lot of people think it's the Yankees and the Mets. Uh, I, I, first of all, he's not getting traded to the Mets. I, I I cannot see the Nationals at any kind of way trading one of the best players in the league to the Mets. The Yankees either. I, I, the Yankees aren't going to pay Aaron Judge. Why would they pay Juan Soto? Okay, it doesn't make any sense. But when we come back, what is the, what are the Nationals going to do? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, honestly, he obviously waived a 15-year, $440 million contract. It means he doesn't want to be there. So do the Nationals trade him or call, call his bluff? He's still there for another two years. Call his bluff and make him uh, weigh out that, that contract like they, you know, other teams have done over the years with other players. When we come back, we'll get into this whole Juan Soto situation. It seems like it is the biggest story in baseball when we come back here. On the Sports Lamas. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loud Mouths. Six three one six seven two thirty one zero eight is the number. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS, WWSRN, or Android. Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Brandon Jacobs, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. fantastic uh, interview. Uh, a person that uh, I, I've grown to respect, even though he hates the Jets. Um, as uh, we were talking about maybe buying him a jersey, he said the Jets have the nicest jerseys in the league. I, I but said he needs one with a Super Bowl patch. All right, so if the Jets win the Super Bowl, I'll be sure to get him one, and I'll sign it for him. So <laughs> just to say, uh, there's your Super Bowl patch, buddy. <laughs> But uh, I, I really appreciate him giving us the time. I know he's a busy guy. As you heard, his son, who's six foot six two, I think he said 280, mm-hmm. I think he was. Um, fantastic uh, talent. Uh, one of the best uh, tackles in all of the country. So uh, he's, you know, obviously expecting his son to uh, go to a top Division one school. I, I thought it was K-State that he. Uh, yeah, but, that's what he was saying. Yeah, so uh, he's heading to K-State. But he could change his mind before yeah. that. So, uh it's 2025. It's still a little bit, a uh, little bit of time. Uh, I would say three more years before he has the opportunity to uh, step on a college field and play uh, college football. But 15 years old, six foot six, 280 pounds. Wow, mm. it's a massive man, man. <laughs> That's that guy's guy. That guy's gonna be a pretty big kid. He's coming for Evan Neal's size. <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. man. These kids are huge. I mean, Brandon's six foot four, two hundred and forty when he played. Yeah. Uh, I mean, now he's he's probably a little bit heavier because he's a little bit older. But he's yeah, he was six six four, two sixty two when he played. So we'll see, probably a little more now. But he's in great shape. He's man. in great shape. He, yeah. he really is. He's built like an ox, man. That guy is a, a, an amazing specimen. He really is. So, uh, congratulations to Brandon Jacobs mm-hmm. and his family, and uh, hope everything goes. Uh, 
as well as uh, it's gone for his career as an NFL player and his son, you know, maybe could be a Super Bowl champion eventually. Maybe the Giants draft him, yeah. you know, a couple of years from now, you know, five, oh, yeah. six years down the road. So uh, it's going to be an interesting, interesting uh, story as he moves forward as an athlete and as a top prospect going into college, probably a five-star recruit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Juan Soto. First of all, his, his agent is one of the more hated agents in professional sports, okay? And we, you know who I'm talking about, Speedy. And, and you, you think, when you talk about Juan Soto, and he won the Home Run Derby yesterday, yes, he's a, he's a fantastic talent. Nobody can take away how special Juan Soto is. He is a special talent. 23 years old, I, I mean, he's just, he's everything you want in an athlete. He's everything you want in a baseball player. 5 tool player, defensively, offensively, can steal bases, hit for power, hit for average. He's everything. He's He's a, he's, a, he's a World Series champion. He was the reason why they won the World yeah. Series. So it, it, it's just an amazing story for a young guy. But being offered 15 years, $440 million, would make you the richest player in all of baseball. Now, not contract-wise. No, per year, it's only 15. Yeah, it's, it's not contract-wise, but making $440 million. I understand that 15 years is too long, and it's pretty much your last contract. And I, I could see Juan not taking – he's probably asking for an eight- or nine-year deal, which would put him to 31, 32, where he can get another contract. That'll probably pay him more. And he doesn't want to sign a 15-year deal because that straps him, and he's never going to make more money. And he wants to get that next boost when he becomes available when he's 31 or 32. If he's a top player. But man, oh man, turning down a $440 million contract when you don't even know if you're going to stay healthy. You don't know if your knee's going to snap. You don't know if your elbow's going to snap. Ask the Dark Knight. Hmm. Ask him when he had the opportunity to sign a $130 million contract from the Mets. Why he should have taken that contract. There are many different players in history that totally bet on themselves and failed. Now, Aaron Judge bet on himself, and he is going to make himself a lot of money this offseason. Obviously, he's he's tied Roger Maris' home run record at the All-Star break. He could break Roger Maris' record. Yes, Roger Maris' record, because a lot of people aren't giving Barry Bonds or Mark McGuire or Sammy Sosa any credit for what they did because they did steroids. But this contract... I know. I you know what I would have went. I would have went to the Nationals and said, "Listen, I'll take a ten-year deal worth four hundred million. Right. I'll give you ten years, ten good years. I'll be thirty-three, and then we'll talk about an extension after that." But I'll tell you this right now: if he does get traded, a team's going to have to trade away at least two or three players ready to play now in the majors. One star that is in the majors. Like, here, here's the thing. Rodriguez, you saw what he did last year in the home run derby. Yes, uh, yesterday in the home run derby. Yes. Mm-hmm. He is a great player. He's a top prospect. If he were, if you were to trade for a guy like Soda, you're going to have to add him, including. He's just one right. of maybe two other pieces and 
you know, young players right now in your farm system that you would have to land to get Soto. Yeah, if Seattle's any shot, it starts with him and Logan Gilbert, who's a Cy Young candidate this year. That's going to be the starting price. <laughs> you need a lot more than that. And, and Jeff is saying, Uncle Steve, you will break the bank. He is still under contract for another two years after this right. year. There is no way the Nationals are trading him to the Mets. There's no way. There's not a chance in hell that the Mets are going to get him. All right, the Nationals are not going to get. Why would the Nationals do that when they're going to have to see Juan Soto for the next, I, I don't know, ten years, and and you're going to have to see him about fifteen, sixteen times every single year? Why would he do that? Why would the organization? Why would the GM do that? Even if the Nationals are stupid, and they're a stupid organization, as as stupid as they've been over the years and some of the moves that they've made, they're not stupid enough to give him to the Mets. So count the Mets out of this. I don't know why anybody thinks the Mets are going to get him. And if the Mets and if the Mets do get him, they're going to have to practically give away everything to get him. Yeah, I actually saw something on SNY Twitter today that I think the Nationals' initial asking price from the Mets was Jeff McNeil, Tyler McGill. Francisco Alvarez, the number two prospect in baseball. Brett Beatty, their next biggest prospect. And then two out of three of Brett Beatty, Ronnie Mauricio, and Mark Viento. So their next three best prospects after that. So that's a lot to be able to get for Juan Soto. Not to mention you were going to have to sign him to this massive deal. And I think the reason why he didn't take the 15-year deal is because he, he could bank on the fact that, one, he's been durable throughout his career. Two, like you were saying, a five-tool player. And three, you're kind of seeing now teams want to stretch it out where they want to pay the players to get team control early, and then the players are not going to be able to get that same level of control. We were talking about it last year with Tatis, too, when he signed his 13-year deal. His average annual value is actually only about $27 million, which is lower compared to the other big contracts that were just signed. So I think Soto's trying to avoid that kind of thing, and maybe get paid more, obviously, above the pay grade overall, but more like what Lindor got paid, Machado, guys like that, Bryce Harper, and get the 10-year deal. And Jeff says, um, what dumb move has Washington made? Please tell me. I don't know. Uh, here, here's one of them. They traded uh, Max Scherzer and Trey Turner for prospects that are probably not going to be in the major leagues. For the probably, hey, don't slander my man. Uh, okay, Gray. they gave arguably one of the best shortstops and one of the best pitchers in baseball for nothing. Okay, that's a stupid move. Okay, so J- Jeff, you make it seem like we don't know what we're talking about, and you know more than us. Don't slander okay? my man, Josiah. Uh, Gray, okay, though. I can name a bunch of moves that they've made. How about this? Giving St- giving Steven Strasburg. The extension they gave him, and the man can't stay healthy. How's that? And Ryan Zimmerman before that. How about that? That's not a stupid move? How about that? Please. Why? Because the Nationals won a World Series? Yeah, they won a World Series by doing a lot of the opposite things you see World Series teams do. They made it work. They were a great underdog. Probably the greatest underdogs. Don't put them through until I'm done with this. But, yeah, to say that it was all based on team development is not the case. The Nationals have made a, a, a tremendous amount of dumb moves. Yeah. Okay, and they're not a smart organization, and don't sit here and say that they have been. All right, and I cannot see that organization, as stupid as they are, to just to trade away arguably one of the top three players in the league to a, a division te- divisional team where you're going to have to see them sixteen, six, see him sixteen games every single year, morning, noon, and night for the next ten years. It's not going to happen. Put him through. All right, Jeff, you're on. Look, you might have a point with Trey Turner, but they were losing Scherzer anyways. So they traded them for what they could get. Like, that just is what it is. And they've made other smart moves. Letting Anthony Rendon walk. Terrific move. Terrific move. Anthony Rendon, 
might as well be the beef. He's a broken down bucket of bones at this point. Well, he's always injury prone, so everyone should have could have seen that coming. Right. They're, it's not like they're the Browns that just, you know, make terrible moves over and over and over again, right? It's, they're not one of these franchises that's done that. They have a budget. They've stuck to it. They had a number in mind for some of these guys. And when they go, no, we want more, they go, fine, well, we're not signing it. And it's worked out for them. And the one guy that they paid in Strasburg, they paid and then won a World Series. Everyone on the planet would consider that a good move by paying a guy where it pays off when you win a World Series. I think they paid him after they, they won did. the World they Series. Did. The decision was him or Rendon <clears throat> at the time. After and, they won the World and Series. And they chose Strasburg, which I thought was the right move at the time. But I get either way, they both, they're both hurt right now. So The guy really can't judge. stay healthy. And neither can Rendon. It's the same problem. I, I, I mean, I like oh, Steven. Rendon's St- been worse. At least Strasburg somewhat played. Rendon's been way worse. How many games has he played now in two years? They, like, I, I think a combined, I think a combined sixty or something. If like you that look at Steven St- Strasburg's record since the World Series, it's not good. Okay, and and to give him the money that he got, <laughs> and he's a fantastic still, player. Still, still a still a better, um, still a better move than keeping Rendon. If, if the choice is Strasburg or Rendon, who's been better, Strasburg? And okay, and you make a little bit. It's and you much. make fun of the whole Patrick Corbin thing. What has Patrick Patrick Corbin done? What's he done? He's been a streaky pitcher all the time. Yeah, career. you know what his record is right now? Four and twelve. Oh, yeah, okay, five point eight seven ERA, and he's making how much money? Uh, I, I'm sorry, almost thirty million a year. Had a bad so, year last year too. Uh, okay, so I to sit here and say that this is a smart organization, they're not, and they're not trading but, but him. Sometimes, sometimes they can, you know, the, the people will just pay a guy and, just to move him and get assets. And I'm I'm the first person. With the Rangers. I'm a first. I'm the first person to apologize to think that Patrick Corbin was that that good of a pitcher because if you look. Look at what he's done in the last, I don't know, two years. He's horrible, okay? He's, That's he's, right. Famed New Yorker. Oh, he ate at a restaurant one time. He's coming to New York, Patrick Corbin. That's St. Patrick Corbin? Yeah, you're not saying that about uh, Mitchell, and I, he's on his way to the Knicks. He's not there yet. No, he's but, not he, there yet. but he will be. He will be. Yeah, he might be. But you know what's funny? This is what you've always done. We talked about oh. this, and I have the text messages, too. Mm-hmm. You've played both sides of this. You said, oh, he's coming to New York. I, and uh, the next minute you were like, because Danny coming. because oh, be, yeah, uh, No, I didn't say I was sad. I said, I, I, I believe now he's not going because they traded Rudy Gobert. And that right. Danny H. said multiple times, he's not trading him. And you know what he right. probably said? You know what Mitchell said? Uh, Don- Donovan Mitchell probably told him, I don't want to be here. You better trade me or I'm not playing. <laughs> He probably did, but you've played both sides of it now. So and you've played no both sides what, of right. many arguments, okay? No, so please. I'm on, I'm on the side that he's not going there. I've, I've, never, I've never switched sides. You've switched sides in this. No, not going where? Twice. To the Knicks? Yeah. Oh. You were originally, oh, he's definitely going, so I'm at a restaurant. And then the next week it was, oh, he's not going. They're trading Gobert, this thing. And then next week you were like, the parade's back on. We're getting Donovan uh, Mitchell. There was no parades, first of all. All I said... Uh, again, I'm going to go back. Well, as soon as he became available, who, Speedy, as soon as he became available after Danny H says he's <clears> taking <throat> he's taking calls, who did everybody say he was going to? The Knicks. The Knicks. Okay? So please, Jeff, we'll don't sit we're here gonna, and, and say no, the things. The yeah, only reason why no. it's still sitting right now and it's waiting is because they want as many first-round draft picks as they can get from the Knicks, and the Knicks that's are not budging off of five. That's, all of that is absolutely true. But did you flip-flop? What do you mean flip flop? All I said, I didn't say he was Why going anywhere else. I didn't say, Jeff. I all I said, and again, I'm going to go back to what I said. 
All I said is he's not going anywhere but the Knicks. And then I said, he, he, after Danny H came out and said it, that he's going nowhere. That's the only reason why I took back. I didn't jump anything. All I said was what Danny H said. And then Danny H opened it up again. I said, he's going to the Knicks. And I'm going to say it again. He's going to the Knicks. He could. He very well could. He's got a lot of ties there. Isn't his dad like a, a work for the Mets or something? Is he executive with the Mets? He is yeah, the, he's in the front office. He's in the front office with the Mets. Uh, he got the job uh, after Uncle Stevie bought the team. So, and, and he's Uncle been a, Stevie's a... He's a genius. He's going to end up with Soto. He's a, but I'll tell you this. For the money that Soto wants, who else would give him that money but Uncle Stevie? Oh, I'm telling you right now, there are about four other teams that will be interested in giving him that money. Four other teams. Texas, a lot of people believe, are the lead team to get him. Hmm. I've also heard the Padres and the Giants. Too. I heard Texas is the lead team to get him. They're with, they didn't even spend anywhere close to the money they wanted to spend in the offseason. They paid Simeon and they paid uh, Seeger the money they did. They wanted to spend... They wanted to spend at least another $50 million last year. So do I think that they're going to go after Tim? I absolutely believe. And they have a very good farm system, the, Tex- uh, the Texas Rangers. So if they want him, they'll get him. He's asking five. He'll get it. First of all, the Texas Ranger owner is a very rich man. They're notoriously big spenders. Whether they're smart or not is another question. But they've always, you know, been, the, they've always been top 10 payroll when they've gotten good. You know, the other thing that strikes me as funny, too, is Everyone's focusing on the four hundred and forty million. Oh, you know, we offer him four hundred. It's a fifteen years, right? But that's the other part to it is you're basically offering him twenty nine million a year. When right. top players are getting forty million, forty. What's Trout getting for? And he's no Trout. I'm not saying that he is. But no, but his annu- average Trump annual value is fifteenth in the league. If he were to get that, and, and don't say that he's not Trout because this guy is one of a World Series already uh, in his career with a national team that was yeah. definitely not favorite, and he was the lead yeah. guy. He was the guy. Yeah, but Trump's a five-tool guy. I think Soto's like a three-tool guy. Really? You don't think he's a five-tool guy? Probably, but you also have to factor in the timing where he got the contract. He, like, he's durable. Also, he's a left-handed hitter, which could be valued more, too. And tr- Yeah, he's probably a three-tool player comparatively, but I would say th- no, the timing of it. No, he's a three-tool player anyways. Yeah. It's not comparatively. He can't really run. Right? That's not I wouldn't say he's that bad. No, he's not great. He's not. He's, he's probably average speed, and the defense is good, the, not right, great. That's one of the tools. When you talk about a five-tool player... Those are the fucking things. No, that's fair. That's run? that's fair. He I can't think that really run the timing of the contract though might still get him that money though, just because of that. Well, and, and he's durable too. To Trout has had his injury issues. Well, he's, and I'm not comparing him to Trout as far as oh, who's faster? No, not all, no, I'm not skill wise either. No, the rest of the league, he's he's slow compared to the rest of the league. Well, his his strength isn't stealing bases, but he doesn't have a right, so he can't run, and he doesn't really have all that great of an arm. Here's here here's what here's what it is. Mike Trout hasn't been durable. This guy has been. He's a durable well, player. Well, let's also be fair. Soto's four years younger than Trout. How old is Trout? Trout's twenty eight now. Yeah. Right. So he's four years older than the kid. Right, but, but even so, when Trout Five got years old, when, when Trout got this contract, he also was coming off a couple injury riddled seasons. Now most of them came later on. Actually, he's thirty. He actually turned thirty recently. So. Most of them came bef- uh, after the contract, yeah, but there were a couple still before that. Soto really hasn't had any glimpse of injury issues, so that could factor yes. in. That's your saying, Jeff, too. Best availability is availability. That'll help and his I leverage. Totally, I totally, I totally agree. And being, you're right. Being a left-handed hitter may help his value yeah. for sure. But if we're being honest, 
He's not a five-tool guy. He can't really run. Don't say, oh, well, he gets none of strong suits stealing bases. No. Well, it's not valued as much anymore, so they're not going to factor that in. Right, and he also can't throw. He doesn't have that good of an arm. No, he's not like a raw great defensive player. He's he's not right. awful, but he's not great. Yeah. <clears throat> right. So he's he's really like a two tool player. That's it. He can hit for average, and then, and hit for power, and that's about and it. And here's the thing: everybody keeps bringing up the Padres, and they have some good players. They're gonna have to give away one of those good players. Oh yeah, they're gonna have to give up plenty. I mean, they're gonna have to give up their the, the shortstop kid. I mean, they they might have to. I mean, because I don't know if it'll get that high. Why but... not? I mean, the asking price, if you're, if you're going to compare it to the Mets, I think there's going to be – because the Nationals People are rebuilding. People are putting Juan Soto as a top four player in the league. Of course. Okay. But the Nationals are also rebuilding. So the Tatis might force his way out too if that's the case. He's not going to go like to the Nationals. I feel like when we talk about top players in the league, mm-hmm. people only generally refer to that as just being a hitter. That's, that's how people refer to it because I would, I would argue with you there's a bunch more players better than Juan Soto. Right? You could, like, put Mookie Betts in there. I would say Mookie Betts is more valuable. He's going to chase down far more balls and catch more balls in the outfield than Juan Soto ever could. Well, again, Mookie Betts so far has had a, a better career, but Mookie Betts is a lot older. We don't know. What, Juan Soto already has Mookie a champion. Betts is really young. No, Mookie Betts is like 27, 28 years old. 29. Yeah. 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 I, 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 Juan Soto's 23. He just turned 23. He's a kid. He really won a World Series. I understand that, but I'm just talking about, like, as a complete player, a total player. Like, right now, yes, right now he's a better player. Right now he's a better player. Right, but even – I don't think Mookie Betts is a better, like, like power hitter or anything like that. But defense matters, too. If you're weak defensively, what does it matter if you can hit? I think it's also the age factor, durability factor, comparatively. If you now, were, Betts didn't have the same level as, as Trout, comparatively, but still, Soto still has had better durability than any other young star we've seen in a long time, too. All the other young players that have come up recently that have been like these flashy names, <laughs> most of them have had some level of injury. And nobody's taking like. a shot at Mookie Betts. We all know how talented he no, is. He's won right. an MVP. No, I didn't take it as you were taking a shot at Mookie Betts. I'm just saying, like, I think defense matters when you're in the calculation of who's a better player. I would make an argument Alex Bregman's a better player than Juan Soto. I don't think I don't know. I see. He's had a couple bad years in a row. He's not better than Juan Soto. He's been terrific defensively, trying to hit a ball past third base. Yeah, but he's not. He's not. He's not better than Juan Soto. Come on, man. He bats. He bats three hundred every year and hits twenty-five home runs. Not 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 recently. His numbers haven't been as good in a, the last couple of years. The better this year, yes. But still, I, I would say his value defensively is definitely more, but not in terms of a contact hitter or anything else that Juan Soto has brought comparatively. This year, 238, 11 home runs, 46 RBIs. It's not bad, but it's not great. Like, I wouldn't say that. No, right, but he, but he also brings something to the table defensively. He's an elite defender. Elite defender. Last year, 91 games. Yeah, so he was hurt for a little bit. Batted 270 with 12 home runs, 55 RBIs. I guess that's okay, but it's it's good. But again, I don't know if it's ever at Soto's level either. But but also with elite defense, because you're only comparing offense. Now, how much better is Adam Springman than Juan Soto at defense? I would say it's defense. a good. I would say it's a good gap. But Soto also has the lowest chase rate, which is hard to factor in for a lot of these heavy strikeout young players. Now, even some of the top players have had strikeout issues coming into the league. The best young prospects that have come up, too, that have already blossomed. Soto hasn't had that issue either. And I would say Soto's defense is not as bad as you make it out to be. The guy hasn't even... Jeff, this guy hasn't even... 
hit his prime yet. Okay. The- I fully understand that, but also look at Juan Soto's build. What's to say he doesn't turn into a fat slug? Look at Juan Soto's build. The guy is is brolic. I mean, the guy's in fantastic right. wait, shape. Wait, wait till his metabolism slows down. And All right. Well, let's like not. Uh, we saw. We thought that about Albert Pujols. Did he change? How how much value is he going to have if he gets fat like Miguel Cabrera did? Dude. And then he's only a D. He is not Miguel, Miguel Cabrera. Cabrera. Miguel, Miguel Cabrera only had those problems later in his career when he had injuries. And it had nothing to do with And he had weights. a thyroid problem. That's why he, he, he got heavy. Miguel Cabrera's first DL stint of his career was in 2017. Like, he was durable for 15, Perfect. 16 years up until that point. I, I'm telling you, guys that big that run around. Look at Zion. Guys that big that run around. Oh, but they don't have to do some stuff that a basketball player. Juan Soto is six foot two. Juan Soto is six foot two, two hundred and fifteen pounds. I mean, for a six foot two guy, that's light, dude. He, he, that's, I mean, he, if they want him to last, they're going to have to move him to first base. No running around the outfield. Whatever the case is, the guy is a baby, man. And and he, is he going to get that kind of money? Yes, there are going to be teams, and it's not to, the Mets could give it to him, but tex, the Texans, the Tex, I'm sorry, the Texas Rangers could give it to him. There are quite a few teams. If 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 the Yankees want him, they could pay him. I know the Yankees aren't going to go after him. I they're it's either Aaron Judge or nobody. I I can't see them just saying, you know, I I would love to see him to go after Juan Soto. I don't think it's possible. And by the way, honestly, if you would ask me who would I want on my team right now. I would take the guy that's been one of the faces of baseball, and that's Aaron Judge, and he is a five-tool player. So, but would you? Would no, he definitely is. Mm. But would you not? Or, I mean, this, for me, I, I would, right? But would you not give up Aaron Judge for Juan Soto? Absolutely. How short? How short it is, and right because of age. Judge because of age. Age, the injury thing. Judge right. has not been fully healthy. He's been great this year, and he's been great for a long time, but he has gotten hurt a bit. Mm-hmm. It's age. Aaron Judge was 26, and he was 23, and, they were, and, and you had a chance to get one. I would not trade Aaron Judge. I wouldn't. I would not do it. But because Aaron Judge is going to be 31 going into next year, and, and Juan Soto just turned 23, it's a no-brainer. You go after Juan Soto. Can you imagine how many home runs Juan Soto would hit in Yankee Stadium? Oh, a lot. Shitty yeah. right field. Right. A lot. And I, I think he would know that, too. And he wants to go to a big market place. I, I don't think the Texas Rangers are the place that he would want to go to. But uh, I, I think he's just looking to go to wherever's going to pay him the most. Oh, a qu- a, no question. Right. But everything that we've heard, that's what his agent said. You know, his agent will probably tell you he wants the most money. But Well, but he's got that agent, though. Yeah. He's got that guy. He's got Boris. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I, but I think Juan really wants to go to a big organization where he has a chance to, to shine as a superstar player. I, 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 there are quite a few teams that I would love to see him play for. Uh, I I don't think it's going to be any of the New York teams, but hey, listen, if the Mets can get him, I, I would love to see him play in New York. I would love to get an opportunity to watch Juan well, Soto. Stevie would pay. Yeah, he would, but I I just don't see the Nationals doing it. I I I don't care how stupid the Nationals have been over the last couple of years, and a lot of people think that their GM is an idiot. Um, but I can't. There's a, a lot of people say, dude, dude. When I watch the Baseball Network, they all laugh at him. 
Uh, what's his name again? Mike um, Rizzo. Mike Rizzo. They make fun of him all the time. The only reason why he still has a job because uh, he's affordable. <laughs> not only that, not only that, there were a couple bad moves that held certain Nationals teams back too over the years too. How many? How many years have they had bad bullpens forever too? And that was a lot of it was him. And we have an inside guy. Trust me, Charlie Slows, who yes. he's been a voice of their organization for a very long time. He tells me all the time. The only reason why Rizzo has a job is is mainly because he has a good relationship with the ownership. That's it. As far as I mean, he's an idiot. I mean, you know, here would be my thought on this whole thing. I don't know how you'd feel about this, but if I'm the Nationals, why not trade him to the Mets? Okay, just – and then listen, I get that you're going to yell, oh, in division. I got it, in division. But there's not – nothing says whoever they trade him to is where he's going to sign, right? Because he might just want to say, well, I, I want to play it out to free agency and have a bidding war, okay? So – if he does that, wherever you trade him to doesn't matter. So why wouldn't you be okay trading them to the Mets, taking all their prospects and trying to make them weaker in the long run by taking all their prospects? Because there's no way any of these teams are going to trade for him unless he guarantees the sign of the contract. There's no way any of these teams are going to give away their future and what they're but, asking but for. No one, but no one can know that, though, because – if you're the Yankees, right? Well, if you're Brian Cashman, you're not allowed to negotiate with Juan Soto before you make the trade. Well, hold on one second. They could talk to the team and say, listen, uh, we want permission to talk to Juan and, and see where his head's at. Yes, they can. They could get permission from the organization. Right, if they, right, if they got permission, right? Yeah, no, if, if they he want. He comes back and says, you know what, I'm, gonna go, I'm just going to take it to free agency. Yeah, and if he does that, he'll stay a national. He's going nowhere. And that means for the right, next which, two years, he'll be a national. Anyways, which hurts the nationals anyways. Yes, but right. I, I think... I so think why, why would you want to lose a guy for nothing? I think Juan doesn't want to hurt the organization. I think Juan's a good guy. I think Juan wants the organization to get... Uh, you know, a boatload back for him, if, especially if he's walking away from the organization. You, you got to remember, well, why too... Why would he want that? Well, why I, would he want that? Because if he's a good person, I've seen a lot of good athletes. I've seen a lot of good players, you know, make sure that those teams get what they want for the player that they, you know, for the, the special player would, that he why is. Would he, why would he want that? Why would he say, I want to make the To get his money. Because he wants his money and he has a, he has a good relationship with the organization. He's going to get his money anyways. Right, but you got to remember, too, he's also in a unique position that we never really see out of a player that young and that superstar there's, player right away. And he already no, won a ring. He's not going to have to chase it. And there's no doubt in my mind, Jeff, no doubt in my mind, if he gets traded somewhere, he's signing that contract. There's no doubt. There's no way an organization is going to trade away their future and possibly have, star I players. I have, I have doubts about it because of his agent. His agent loves bidding wars. His agent has a history of just saying, no, we're going to free agency. We'll see you then, and we'll start a bidding war. He, his agent has a very good relationship with the Yankees, if everybody knows. He, his agent has a very good relationship. Got a good relationship with every team. No, he, dude, he's got a great relationship with Brian Cashman. Go, 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 look, at, go look at the stories behind it. And, and the Dodgers, too. And the Red Sox, I think he has a good relationship with. Yeah, he's got a good relationship with Not with teams. everybody. I can to. name a bunch of teams. I can name a bunch of yeah, teams Oakland, that he doesn't. the only one. No, not it's just They're a poverty franchise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not just Oakland. And he's screwing him over with Johnny Damon. Big deal. He doesn't have a good relationship with the Mets. He hates the Mets. Go look at it. The, he, not, any, not, any, not anymore. Dude, it's a whole new organization. It's a whole different he, the, the coupons aren't there anymore. So that ill will is gone. It's a whole new regime. 
We'll see. Snug says, Juan Soto being traded to the New York Yankees confirmed this morning when he was seen having a New York bagel for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> that could be the Mets, too, just as easily, if you want to judge that. It well, we're says, not going to talk about the whole show about Juan Soto. We, have, we, have, we still have 40 minutes, and we got a lot, lot to get into. But. I just wanted to mention, though, Jeff, the thing is, I think he'll be seeking the money still more than the more than the winning right away because he already won the World Series, where I think he would take more, even if the prospect burden is going to be a lot for a trade right away, if he's if he just wants to get out of the Nationals. And a lot of the teams that have been rumored so far are teams that are willing to trade. Even some of the like the sleepers, like we were, like we were saying with the Giants. I know you brought up the Braves, I think, in the initial part of the process as being a team because they have a lot of – they have a money an owner that likes to spend money too. I, you, I would certainly not rule out the Phillies the way they love to spend money. And because of that, because he's not seeking the title, I think the team is going to push harder for him just to trust what they have around him and still rebuild because a lot of those teams are very deep and still be able to make it work. There's not a team that's like a fringe contender, maybe probably outside of the Rangers, that are in that boat. I mean, I get it, but if I'm Juan Soto, I, I want to start, I want to go to free agency, I want the bidding war to happen, I want to get as much as possible, and I also don't want to deplete any team I'm going to of people that can also help me win. Mm. Um, you know, everyone thinks that the players all franchise is something. They don't. They don't at all. They, they were forced into servitude by those teams because that's where they got drafted and that's what the rules are. They don't owe them anything because 95% of the players in the league would, would gladly go anywhere else other than where they were drafted. That's fair. I think it's also more the 15 years. I don't think he wants the 15 years. I think he wants, like Errol was saying, 10 years. He wants, a, he wants another contract. 10 years and close to he wants to be, He wants to be A-Rod where, you know, by well, the time he's in his short. 30s, mid-30s or early 30s, he can get another big contract, and he could. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he, usually they say the baseball player's prime is from the age of 28 to 35. By the time he's 32, 33, he's still in the prime of his career. He can still play three, four more good years. So he, he'll be looking for that, uh, that, that extension where he's going to, at that time, you know, 10 years from now, could be 50, 60 million a year. Not only that, players might have more power then, too. Even seven years right, into this contract. Right, but it's a double-edged sword because if you, if you take that 10-year deal rather than a 15-year deal, and you get hurt, you turn into Anthony Rendon. And I'm not saying that he will, but I'm just saying if it were to happen, your next contract is $2 million a year rather than still getting paid $30, $40 million a year. There's security in the long-term contract. You know what you're getting. Who cares of course, of course to an extent. Get, like, get what you want. Well, yeah, but again, the, fi- the 15 years, I think, because, like you were saying, the average annual value is still lower of what, than what he thinks he's worth. I think that's why the Nationals, that's why he's having a bad relationship with the Nationals right now, and that's why it seems like he's forcing his way out. And all the teams that are in there, I think, are willing to give that 10-year deal, or even maybe something larger than Tatis's deal, but still maybe less years a little bit. Right, but, what, you know, Anthony Rendon can still get another contract. What's he worth after this one? Chris Sale can still get another contract. What's he worth after this one? Okay. There's security in having those extra five years for, you know, if it's 30 or 40 or whatever million a year, because you know that that's what you're getting. Who cares what other people are going to get? Or if it goes up, just get what you're happy with. Because if it goes south, you're going to get way less. Way less. You could cost yourself $100 million doing that. Definitely possible. You're also, though, seeing now front offices aren't even paying the veteran players as much, maybe with the exception of the Angels who just like to spend reckless money for whatever reason. But beyond that, 
players like Rendon, those types of hitters, aren't getting paid that same level too. So I think they're banking on getting the younger con- the contracts as they're younger, and then getting that other that other either larger deal that's shorter and more money, or the second contract like what Soto is seems like he's trying to do. Yeah, I mean it's it's crazy. How crazy is it? Juan Soto is going to get paid more than than the entire Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I saw that. He's going to get a lot of money. Um, He's going to get a ton of money. Yeah, uh, Max Scherzer actually is paying pay more than the Orioles will pay. Right? I, I do want to. I do want to get into ba- basketball because we have a certain amount of time to get into some of the stuff that we need to get into. Uh, the Spurs say that they will take a first round pick. Well, they they'll be interested in taking Russell. Uh, you you did this wrong. You 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 know your whole headline over here. The the Spurs said to teams that they would be willing to take on Russell Westbrook's final year on his contract if they give him a first round draft pick. The Spurs are rebuilding now. They traded away their point guard. It makes a lot of sense on what they're trying to do. Uh, their coach is about to retire. Uh, Hall of Famer, uh, obviously from that great franchise that won five titles with Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, uh, Tony Parker, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, that team is pretty much flushed away. So, I, I mean, uh, this organization is going to try to rebuild now and, and, and try to look elsewhere. So uh, they're going to try to you know bring in more you know first-round draft picks and rebuild the way they did when they, when they won those championships. So... Am I surprised that if uh, if the Spurs make a move for Russell Westbrook, uh, they're they're going to make a move like this? Russell Westbrook's done. He is done. He might, if he goes to the right organization, he could be a six man off the bench, like kind of like Carmelo Anthony. I don't think he's the same player he once was, and it's crazy the downfall this guy turned into. I mean, this guy was a triple double. I mean, he's one of the greatest. You know, he had one of the greatest runs for, you know, five-year span that we've ever seen any player have. The last player player that did that was a guy that we never got a chance to see, and Oscar Robertson. I mean, this guy was special. And it, it's crazy how, how much this guy fell off. It, it really is. When he went to the Rockets, really, it was done. It was over for him. And it, it's just a shame watching a player of this magnitude really just fall off as quick as he did. And I... You know, I don't think it's a case of falling off, though. He he fell off, man. I don't think it's a case of falling off. What, what do you call it? Case, I think this is a case of, and no offense, and I know you're going to get mad when I do this and yell and scream, but you like to go look at the numbers. Look at the okay, he's a walking triple double, great. But when that's because he was on a team all by himself, and when you only have one basketball out there, you can't just say, oh well, he averages thirty points a night, and this guy averages thirty points a night, and this guy averages thirty. Points. And you put them together, and now we'll score 150 points a night because they're gonna. These three guys are just gonna score 90 on their own. There's only one basketball, and your numbers go down, and your stats Jeff. go down because he has to share Jeff. the basketball. Jeff. This is the perfect case of the numbers line to numbers. Moment. Really, really, because yes. even off yes. an off season this year, he almost averaged a triple double. So that's wrong. Okay, he's, he's a he's a garbage can, is what he is. That's exactly a garbage can? You're going to call a guy that averaged 18, 7, and 7 last year a garbage can? Well, 18, 7, and 7. Terrific. Is that a triple double a night? Because that's what he was averaging. No. I, I, I mean, it's. Listen, if he was at the prime of his career and he was playing with LeBron James, he'd be close to a, double, a triple double every single game. Okay? He's not the same player. He's not. He's older. He's slower. He's not. Watch him this year. He was slower, and that was you. Watch the games. 
I, I, and I didn't watch as many games. Basketball. And I, I, you're absolutely right. So, so what? There's only one basketball. So you're going to tell me that Russell, Russell Westbrook this year, and he's not the same player he once was, and he averaged almost, almost eight rebounds a game, and he averaged seven right. assists. If he was in in the prime of his career, average way more than eight rebounds. Everyone was missing shots on that team. Everyone missed shots every time down the court. He shot like five less shots than he played. he shot when he, when he was playing for OKC and even the Rockets. Even even one year uh, from the Wizards too in twenty twenty one, nineteen shots a game he averaged, and then fifteen point eight last year with the Lakers too. So it's about three point two difference. Yeah, in that. it's it's a huge difference. Okay, it, and to sit here and say that Russell and I, I listen, I mean, but, but when you play on a team with a bunch of ball hogs, right? Because Russell is a ball dominant guy, and so is LeBron. And when you have two ball dominant guys. You're, LeBron's not a ball hog. Guy. I mean, how is he a ball LeBron's hog? LeBron's definitely a ball no, hog. No, I, I wouldn't say that. No, he's not. Yeah, no, he he's not. He likes to pass when the big shot is on the line, but when he's got his made up, when that he's taking the shot. Come on, Jeff. A certain time down the court, he's taking the shot. First of all, he's I, – I, I would disagree with you. He's the least – he's a conceited player, no question that he is, but he is not a ball-dominant player. He never was. He, that's the strength of LeBron James. It took a while for him to develop his shooting. You know, it, it, that's the strength of who he is as right, a player. His shooting's gotten better, but he wasn't a very good shooter last Remember You want to say Russell Westbrook, he is a ball-dominant player. Yes. No question that he is. But to say that LeBron James is is wrong. And he's a terrible shooter. There's a reason why they call him Westbrook. Well, yeah, because his shooting got inefficient, where it became that a big problem for him later on. The Thunder had enough, at least, pieces around him where they didn't have to have him shoot as much, so it didn't look as bad. And once he became, the, even in that uh, 2017 season, when they still have a triple-double, he still was very inefficient shooting. And that's when it became much more of a three-point shooting league. I think the problem with Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook is the age. I really do believe it's catching sure. up to him. That's what I think. And, and, and a lot of teams aren't interested in bringing him in because everywhere he's gone, he hasn't made them better. Right. He's made them worse. So, and you know things are going bad. When they have to have a phone call, the three of them, AD, LeBron, and Russell Westbrook, they had to have a phone call to vow to each other to make it work. What are you guys, married? And now nobody wants him. He's still a decent player. I, I would take him on the Knicks. I would, but he, I wouldn't to also because it scares me because of what he has done everywhere he's gone. He hasn't made anybody better. So is he going to make the Knicks better? Probably not. No. So I don't want him there. And he's, there's no way he's worth $47 million no, to a contending team. No, and I, and I but think... But he's also a cancer. He's also a yes, cancer. People hate he, him. He, Bradley, Beal, Bradley Beal hated him, right? People in Oklahoma City hated him. Clearly LeBron's hating him. No, I... I would agree with you. I, no, I don't think LeBron hates him. I, just I think, think he just prefers Kyrie Irving. Yes. I mean, Kyrie Irving is still in the prime of his career. as one of the top that. ten players in the league. Prefer a, you prefer a, a, a flat earther that couldn't <laughs> dude, you You want to talk about Kyrie being an absolute bum and unreliable? He, he no-showed his own basketball tournament. He no-showed the Drew League. Let, let me ask you a question. You're not – honestly, honest to God. You're not going to say, as far as talent's concerned, Kyrie's not a top 10 player in the league? He probably is talent-wise. Mm. You want to know what? Talent isn't everything. Because you, you can look at how he's been a cancer everywhere he's gone to. The Celtics clearly hated him, right? Unwelcome man. Oh, I'm going to go and start my own super team. Clearly, KD and him don't get along. Ran Ben Simmons into the gutter, didn't they? Oh, Ben Simmons right. might have ran himself into the gutter, but... Right, but... 
that's not everything. People hate Kyrie. No one wants to play with him because he's a cancer. If anyone wanted him, people would have been lining up to trade for him. No one's doing it because he's a cancer. No one's saying, oh, I'm not, I'm not trading for him because he can't play. Oh, he's no good because that's not the case. No one wants to trade for him because he's a cancer. Maybe so. Uh, but we, again, I, if, if Kyrie goes you to the Lakers. You to how Rudy Gobert gets traded before he does. Well, Rudy Gobert also is 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 a, a piece that the T- Timberwolves really really needed. Yeah, I mean, you're uh, talking listen, about one of the I, elite defenders in the league. You know, listen, going to a team that has nothing down down yeah, mid, down the fifth ranked. I mean, Carl yeah. Anthony Towns, who's a fantastic player, he's just not a great defensive player. I I get what you're saying, but this is a league in free agency. They do anything to get players that are available. Every team does. Every single one of them does. And you're gonna tell me. That 29 other teams, all 29 other teams other than Brooklyn, no one wants to give up a goddamn thing for him. No one? What does that tell you about this guy? Well, I don't think nobody wants to give him a goddamn thing. I think what they're asking for is ridiculous. No, that they're going to have to give him what? They're Did you hear him... what they want for Kyrie Irving? Oh, my God. They, Did they, you hear what they want? They wanted, they wanted Towns Ed, Edwards from Minnesota. They, they're ridiculous. They're not getting him. For, for Towns it, but, and, and and Edwards, like, what is he not? What are they but, nuts? But look at what look at what Rudy Gobert went for. That's Rudy Gobert, right? Yeah, and they're judging that as thinking that's realistic. Market Anthony value. Edwards, who's one of the best young players in the league, and Carl Anthony Towns, one of the best big men in the league, for Kyrie Irving. I, I mean, Anthony Edwards is a bum. He couldn't guard Bo Cruz. <laughs> oh God, please. <laughs> <laughs> No, but it, straight bum. Best player in the draft. My ass, Bo Cruz dunked on him. Snark says Harden ate a lot of shots in Houston. Kyrie is awesome. Best entertainer in basketball. Yes, for a soap opera of every offseason with Kyrie Irving. What does he want? What did, where does he actually want to go? And how much does he want to get paid? And what but team will be ruined next? But look, right, but look at what you're saying, Speedy. Look how you just prepped that whole thing. Oh, good for a soap opera. This is why people don't want him. Oh, yeah. Because the Lakers, I think, are the only team that are going to trade for him. I think we've made that pretty clear. Right. So think about that. 28 other teams are all like, nah, don't want that dude. Right. And they're only going to. There's your top player in the league, always a top 10 player in the league. Yeah, no, not really. Because what he brings in talent, it's doubling as bad right. on the on the effect for your team. Yeah, LeBron's the only one that can control him, we know. And right now the Spurs are the only team that's interested in helping them facilitate that because they got to get Westbrook's contract out of there to have any shots. Right, and that's why it's a brilliant would be brilliant for San Antonio because San Antonio would just be, oh, give me a first-round Right, they're, they're wanting to take on some first-round picks from the Lakers right. in order to make it work. Right, and sell yeah. him halfway through the season. Right, that's, so what, that's what the they'll end up doing. And... I think that but they're the only team right now that's even willing to help that kind of thing. OKC was originally about a month ago, but they're they're now out on that. They would have had to do it before the draft. And uh, the, the latest on Donovan Mitchell and Kevin Durant. I, I think one way or another, I think Kevin Durant will be a Brooklyn Net mm. next year. I, I I can't see them moving for the amount of what they're asking for. They would have a team's going to have to give them a boatload for Kevin Durant. So unless. Phoenix is trying to make that move for DeAndre Ayton, and it makes sense for them. And I think Phoenix right now is the only. Now we heard that Steph Curry reached out to 
Uh, Kevin Durant. I think that was just a story. Yeah, well, like, from what I've heard, Golden State hasn't contacted them. Yeah, so I think that's just a story. I'm not sure they can move them right now, though. Can they? I they can. They they if, have if they if they if, he, if they match a qualifying offer, don't they have to keep him until at least after the trade deadline? Or no, no. They they actually before the season ended, he 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 opted into the 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 contract. The yeah. contract. So they have full control and no, no, full. No, no, no. DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre oh, Ayton. oh. I I still I guess I think they can move him. I think they could sign and trade him. They could do that, but I, I, you're, I think Jeff's right. I think he's not eligible to be traded until a certain point. So is it true? Have, is yeah. that true? Because it, right, because it was a qualifying offer that they matched. So I don't think they're. I don't yeah, think I think he can't be traded until like December. Then, or something then, like that. then it's not Phoenix. I, I, again, I'm going to go back to it. I don't think Kevin Durant's getting traded. I, I think Kevin Durant will be a Brooklyn Net next year, as much as I think Kyrie Irving will be a Brooklyn Net next year with Ben Simmons. I, I don't see it happening. So it, it doesn't. I, the Donovan Mitchell thing. I think it will happen one way or another. I think it's gonna, we what we've heard is every analyst that we've it's going to take weeks for this thing to go through. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I I don't think, and I I do think of one way or another another the Knicks are going to get him because I think that's where he wants to be, but I, it's going to take because it, it, I'm hearing that they want I think seven first round draft picks from the Knicks. I, I think one way or another Danny Ainge is going to have to take it down a little bit. I of think course. the Knicks will probably offer him five. And 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 two, and then they were asking for three or four players. No, they can't do five picks and two players. Yeah, that's you know, I, four I, players. That's too much. I think they will eventually, you know, cut down on the picks, and I think the Knicks will probably. Grimes seems like the guy that they really, really want. I've 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 told everybody how much I like the kid. Reminds me of Devin Booker, and I know in the Knicks. Obi Toppin too. I think they want Obi. Yeah, Toppin I think it's right. it's either Obi Toppin or Quigley. It's it's one or the other. So I I think they're going to have to move. Grimes is going to be the lead guy in that trade. I think that's the guy that they want. So, and the Knicks are going to have to lose him. And I, I think a lot of people think that the kid's going to be very, very good. But uh, you got to give, you got to give something to get something. Not going to trade R.J. Barrett. No. So, uh, it, it's going to probably be Grimes and probably either Quigley or Opie Toppin and five first round draft picks. I think that's what's going to take to get. Who really gives a shit? The excitement in New York is going to be watching two guys that want out of their team both be forced to play with each other and have to look at Ben Simmons at the same time? Yikes. Yeah, and I, I think that's what's going to happen. I, I I can't see Kyrie going anywhere because I don't think anybody's going to give him what he wants. Even though LeBron says give give up whatever first-round draft picks right. you need to get him. This is going to be the first time in 20 years the Knicks aren't the embarrassment of New York because what yep. you're going to see in Brooklyn is going to be Circus. It's crazy. Everybody thought it was going to be Kyrie and Kevin going to be traded. I think it's the Knicks going to get the guy that they wanted, you know, but that doesn't mean the Knicks are going to win. I, I, I still think that the Knicks are the middle of the pack in the Eastern Conference. They're still missing a piece. Even if they get Donovan Mitchell and they have Jalen Brunson and RJ, and even if Julius Randle, if they trade away, what's his name again, the three point shooter? Fournier. Fournier, because it's so the contracts fit. And they keep Julius Randle, which is a pretty good starting four right there. And you had, a, you had the big man that they draft uh, that they added in the offseason, Harstein, Harstein, yep. Harstein again. I, I mean, or uh, Robinson, Mitchell. I also right. heard that Mitchell Robinson could be involved in that trade too. Mitchell Robinson, it seems like, is who the Knicks want to trade most among those. Like I guess four young players that have been rumored in these trades, if they can even move that. But they even might deal him in a different deal too, maybe to get some get some players back that could help their depth too in a separate trade if they have to do a three way trade with Fournier. <laughs> they might have Fournier to move Utah. Yeah, they might have to move Mitchell Robinson after because once they bring in Donovan Mitchell, if they bring in Donovan Mitchell, he's going to want an extension. Right. So, so say say 
he's not in the deal for Donovan Mitchell, hypothetically. Let's say it's Grimes and Quigley and the picks, like you were saying. Then maybe Mitchell Robinson could be dealt in another deal. I think they'll keep Quigley because I think Donovan Mitchell and him have a relationship. So okay. I, I, that's what I think. You know, so. I'm, just, I'm just judging the scenarios. If, if Danny Ainge really does want the five first-round picks and the two-player combo, like we've been hearing, then maybe they could deal Mitchell <laughs> Danny Robinson. Danny Ainge is going to fleece the Knicks. He hates the Knicks, and he'll do everything he can. Even though Donovan Mitchell wants to be a Nick, he will do everything he can to fleece them. Of course. He, he will do that uh, because he hates the Knicks. We all know that it's he hates the Knicks. It's not that he hates the Knicks. He just wants the best deal for Yeah, himself. but he, we've... He I, 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 it has nothing to do with hating anybody. You think everyone's got something else. No, nah, dude. He Knicks. hates That's the Knicks. Dude, it. he hates the Knicks organization. Yeah, that might be possible. Everybody hates the Knicks. Hmm. I, I, I the think... The Knicks fans are like the Cowboys fans of the NBA. Every year we're going to be so great. I don't. No, th- I don't. I don't. First of all, and that's wrong, Jeff. If you if you know any Knicks fan out here, we do not think the Knicks are going to be great. We're excited if the Knicks are a playoff contender. I don't think I've ever heard a Knicks fan say every single year we're going to be great. That is that is so farce and so such bull. They're not the Ranger fans. The Knicks fans already know that we're doomed every single year because we don't have a superstar. I don't know where you get this stuff. Any Nick fan knows. No Nick fan. I haven't heard a Nick fan say yes. No, we don't. No, we don't. Yeah, but we never think that the Knicks are going to be great. We all, any oh, Nick fan this that this you know. Come on, Jeff. That's Jeff, only recently. Jeff, 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 nobody, had good draft picks no Nick that. fan. traded him away. There is no Nick fan that could sit here today and tell us that the Knicks are going to be great. I've never heard that before. Ever. I have never heard of even a delusional Knicks fan doesn't think that the Knicks are going to be a top a top team. When the Knicks were the fourth seed with, with Julius Randle a couple of years ago, two years ago, and we thought I didn't think the Knicks were going to get they'd be lucky to get out of the first round. I I don't know where anybody get. I don't where think you get anyone, this. I don't think anyone was even that. Before. The Knicks fans are not the Ranger fans. They're not. The, I don't think anyone, even the national media or even other Knicks fans, are even saying, "All right, the Knicks are going to jump from a four seed to a two seed or yeah. anything like that." They were going either going to stay a four in that middle area or be a playing team. No, you want whatever. You are completely right. The Knicks fans are not the Rangers fans, but you're setting the bar really low because Ranger fans are some of the scummiest people. people yeah, but they think the the Ranger fans think that when they make the playoffs, a lot of them think that they're going to the they're going to Stanley Cup. I mean, when they went oh, to the Rangers, they are a lot of them. Just the worst people on the. Planet. If you were the, the Knicks, if the Knicks got into the second round, nobody thinks the Knicks are going to win a championship. Okay, I'm telling Which you. Which I think is what we were thinking at the time. We were I'm all saying telling you. they're going to beat Atlanta, and then if they beat Atlanta, they'll get smoked in the next round by Milwaukee or wherever else they would have played. Nobody Philly would or sit here and say, "Oh my God, this is our year." Even if we get Donovan Mitchell and they keep Julius Randle and they have a great starting five, nobody's going to sit here today and say. Oh, the Knicks are going to have a chance to win a championship because we're skeptical about this team still. Until we see it on the court, nobody's going to believe it. So I, I, I'm telling you, Knicks fans, the one thing I can tell you about Knicks fans over here, we are not delusional. We do know our basketball, and we still don't. Even with Donovan Mitchell, nobody thinks that the Knicks are going to win a championship. I, I think the, the, we're, we're hoping to middle-of-the-pack type of team. I've seen four seed, uh, yeah, yeah, where we can compete and maybe – Maybe surprise people, but that doesn't mean we're going to win a championship. And anybody that thinks that is a Nick fan is an idiot. And I've never heard a Nick fan say that. So you're wrong. And, I've never and heard. Utah, and if Utah is really selling, right? Here's another problem for Kyrie. Okay, if Utah is really selling and they're selling Donovan Mitchell and they've just sold Rudy Gobert, 
you got to think that they're also selling Mike Conley, and that's going to shut off an avenue for a point guard somewhere. Yeah, possibly. Mm-hmm. His contract's pretty big too, though. But, but yeah, it's definitely possible right, because but people are always willing to pay for people. Yeah, but because Conley's played well the last couple of years, so he'll still have a value. And his contract's pretty big too. Yeah, it is. I mean, it so... is. Now it's on the back end of it, so it's not as much as it was when he first got it, when it was egregious. But still, it's something where because he's played well, and maybe he doesn't have that same kind of issues that Kyrie Irving does off the court, they might want to consider that. Uh, I mean, Snug... Who would you rather have, Mike Conley or Kyrie? Um, Conley eight days a week. Okay. Yeah, I probably would too, just because of his defense too. His problem not is he's that, had injury that issues. Uh, Snook says, uh, no, the Beav is not a Knicks fan. He is a Chicago Bulls fan. Uh, Andrew Merklinger says, LeBron is the most overrated. He shrinks in big moments and is a horrible shooter. Not not a good defender and uses his teammates as a scapegoat. Uh, he's LeBron, a good defender. LeBron, LeBron just, is a great he's just defender. Older. He's just older, so he's not going to play 100% all the time. LeBron, before you cut, I'm sorry, Jeff. Just so no, everybody no. knows, LeBron James, for like five or six years, was arguably the defensive player of the year, five or six years, but and the, he never got it. He never won. The problem, with the, the problem with that whole thing is LeBron is the best player doing anything in the NBA when he wants to. The problem is he's real lazy, real lazy. He takes a ton of plays off. How many times last year did it make the sports center not top 10 watching him just stand around watching his guy go to the basket and score? It's crazy. It's well, crazy. Again, but he is the best when he wants to be. He just doesn't want to be all the time. No, and you might be right. That chase down block of Iguodala was one of the nastiest things you've ever seen. LeBron is is a special player, and anybody that doesn't think that is is sad to. Yeah, I don't know lazy. what you're watching. He is he is lazy. He's not Michael Jordan, but who is LeBron? Right. Kobe and Michael were two, and I'll I'll give Kobe Bryant a lot of credit, even though I'm not a Kobe fan, and Tyler would probably love to hear this. Oh boy, okay. <laughs> But, and let's be honest, is there a bigger piece of shit in the league than LeBron James? What a piece of shit. Well, he's a liberal. He's, he's a big liberal. Talk, yeah, but to talk and trash about Boston, what a piece of shit you are to say that about Boston, but yet he owns a piece of the Red Sox. So if Boston people are, <laughs> if Boston people are really, if Boston people are really all that racist, what does it make you if you want to profiteer off racism? By the way, John Carlos Stanton wins the MVP. So, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, t- I'm just saying. He won the MVP. If the fans are watching the All-Star game, he, he hits the two-run home run. What was it? 455 feet, which one of the furthest home run hit in an All-Star game. I didn't game. even know that was being played, did we? Uh, whatever. He, he won oh, you MVP. didn't have any bets on it, Jeff? <laughs> no, I don't bet on – I don't bet on pretend, right? Like, that's just – you don't – like, I bet when people try, okay? If it doesn't go your way, it doesn't go your way. But you don't know who's trying in this game and who's not. Mm-hmm. Snook says LeBron is a good defender, not like that bum Marcus Smart. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Z the All Star, and Z the All Star game sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, American American League wins up for the ninth straight year. That's what they were saying. Mm-hmm. Well, I, it's it's crazy. It, it it is really crazy. What's yep, four hundred fifty seven feet? Yeah, Donovan Mitchell, which is one of the furthest uh, home runs. In uh, All Star Game history, mm-hmm. so it, it's almost it's, it's it's a bomb. That's for sure. Um, 
But he's got that kind of strength, though. That's his. That's his thing. Yeah. He just hits right. missiles. We, yeah. we we know Stan has the best pure. Power. I was very. I thought he was going to be in the home run derby, and I, he was I, supposed to be. He dropped out last second, I, which is crazy. Yeah. I, I was very surprised. It is not crazy. As a Yankee fan, you should be thanking God he didn't do it. Look at what happened to Judge. Was it last year? Judge was in it, and then all of a sudden, not last year. No, Judge was, was, Judge was in it. Judge was in it last. A couple year. of years ago, he he. A couple of years ago, yes, right? in and then Tampa. He started the, the, right, and then he started the second half of the season and was like. Oh, for 60. Yeah, and 18. Yeah, and 18. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he had that bad month of August. And then he... Terrible. Yeah. But uh, that, that doesn't happen all the time. That's kind of a... Dude, it totally like, happens all the time. How many guys you see and they, they talk about, oh, the, the home run derby messed it's, up the swing? I, I looked at it. It's very, it's very 50-50. Like, they'll break out of it sometimes, and then they'll do... Or they'll do other things. And then there are, uh, there's, there are some that stay hot. Right in going to that All Star break or out of the All Star break too. So. It, it, it's a fifty fifty sample. I, I looked at it a while ago. It, it's kind of it, you're right. It's psychologically you want to keep the swing kind of because that, but that's also the wave of the game now. They want to keep the launch angle. They want to keep the pull side hitting. That's the way of baseball. Well, I, I will say this. Uh, oh, whatever. It, it doesn't matter who won the the, the home run derby, but. Uh, I was surprised that John Carlos Stanton broke. You know, he he dropped out because everybody, you know, everybody was looking forward to seeing both right. New York guys, you know, go against one another. But again, uh, it was a great old. It was a great home run derby. I mean, Juan Soto uh, winded up. I think it's too long. I think they tried to cut it down. They give him three minutes, and then they get the if they hit a a, a bomb over four hundred and fifty feet. Uh, they get an extra, you know, it gets an extra thirty minutes and well, yeah, uh, thirty the, seconds. The, the, the distance is rewarded. Now, the the thing is, though, they actually reduce the time technically because they used to play outs where there was more pitches being taken. So yeah. now, at least they're at least they have to swing almost every time now. So. Yeah, it's a, it's just honestly, I, I didn't like it. I, I I think it's too long. It was just too long. I think the home run derby it was like two and a half hours. Yeah, yeah that's, that's usually around what it's it a is. Long time, that's usually dude. around what it is. So as long as a game, you're, you're watching these guys hit well, home runs. <laughs> the games are definitely because of the commercials. Well, the commercials, yes. That's and it. I understand the players need time to rest because they're smacking balls all over the. It's tiring, you know, hitting the ball four hundred and some my feet. Right. You know what I mean? But these guys are professionals. You know what I mean? So they've been doing it their whole lives, and they're the best of the best. So that's not an excuse. If you're going to make the money that you make and you wanted to get into it, you know. And Albert Pujols, I, I got to say this, Albert Pujols, everybody keeps talking about Miguel Cabrera. I, honestly, if you were to ask me right now who's a better player, Albert Pujols or Miguel Cabrera, I'm telling you Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols is, is, is one of the, if not the greatest right-handed hitter we've ever seen, he, he's right there with the greats. Yeah. I mean, how many home runs? 685 home runs? Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, the guy, but before season's end, he could have 700 home runs. <laughs> he plays enough, yeah. He, he could get there for sure. He's... I mean, uh, and uh, how many RBIs does he have? Does he have 3,000 RBIs? I think he has 3,000. Yeah. He's got to have 3,000. Yeah. No, he definitely has 3,000. I know he has 3,000 hits in his career, too. And he said, I think, a couple batting titles as well, multiple MVPs. I mean, you, if you're not going to say that that Albert Pujols isn't the greatest, one of the top five greatest players of all time. I don't know what. 2,170 RBIs in his I career. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yes. I mean, he's a great player, but to say he's top five is just. Oh, dude, you, you he do is. this all the time. He's not top five. Oh, he he's absolutely right. is. How about, the, how about this right now? He, in his career, as of right now, he has exactly 3,333 hits. 296 career average, 685 home runs. 915 career OPS. Dude, he is one of the great, one of the top five greatest players of all time. 
hundred temp- three-time MVP, Rookie of the Year, two-time World Series champion, Gold Glover, six-time Silver Slugger, batting title, National League MVP. Now hold on, this is a fun, a fun exercise. Now you're naming accomplishments towards being one of the greatest players, like like winning a World Series goes towards. Uh, oh, yeah. How about this? How about this? One of the best playoff players in uh, Major League history. Also, he... That's great, but you can, there's so many better... Like, how many guys like have Barry, hit more home Barry runs Bonds than him? Barry Bonds was a better player before all the steroids. Forget the steroids. Three. Barry Bonds was a better player. Okay, Barry Bonds is one of the players who has more home runs w- than him all the w- time. Willie Mays. Willie Mays doesn't have more home runs than him all the time. I would agree he's probably a better all-around player, but yeah. Like yeah Pools passed him, him in home runs, though. So. It's not all about offense. Listen, this Yankees team is basically the same Yankees team as last year. They got like a new catcher, which matters or whatever. But here's the difference. They're playing defense this year. They're the number one defensive team in all of baseball. And that has taken them from third place in the AL East to record-breaking numbers this year. Defense matters. What what is wrong with you people? You guys only look at hitting numbers. You're saying, all right, so you're saying Albert Pujols isn't a great defender? No. He, uh, he's a three-time he's Gold Glove winner. Not better, yeah, great. Not better than Willie Mays. If you don't think that Alba Pujols is a top-five player of all time, he, you're crazy, okay? No, he's and not. He is. He is, dude. Not even close. He is. Jeff, are you judging just hitters or all players? No, all around, dude. All around. Best players. Barry Bonds, even before the steroids, Barry Bonds was, wasn't Barry Bonds like the first 30, 30, 30 guy or something? Yes. Right. He was stealing bases, doing all that kind of stuff. He had speed. Dude, Willie Mays and him have the, almost the same batting average. He's got, uh, he's got more hits than Willie Mays. He's got more RBIs. Than, he's got more RBIs position, than right? Willie Mays. He's got more home runs than Willie Mays. Dude, he's a better overall player than Willie Mays. And Willie Mays played better defense. Yeah, that's it. That's it. One. That's it. Right. That's it. Dude, defense matters. Well, how many gold gloves? Is it gold gloves even? Twelve existed? gold gloves. Twelve yep. gold gloves. For yeah, it. I would give Mays the edge to oh, a little so bit. You were, so you were standing there jerking off because Pujols won three. Willie Mays has won twelve. That's great. They play different positions. Right, center fielder. Center field is a lot harder position than first. Again, base. again, I'm in almost again, every other again. statistic. In, in every other statistic. Albert Pujols is better. Right, when you're close in every other statistic and you blow away somebody in defense, he's probably a better player. He's not a better player, dude. Willie he Mays played was, a much harder position to play fine. and was the and, best at it. That's fine. It, we, we, he also played in the steroid era. That, that Pujols is still dominant. Willie Mays did good for no, you. No, Willie no, Mays no, played I in just, the steroid era. I just said team. Albert Pujols played in the steroid era and still hit 685 home runs. Okay. He wasn't doing it. He's not. He was. Ne- he was he's no. been tested plenty of times. He has not done it. So to sit here and say, and I don't care what you say, Jeff. You could say Willie Mays is better. He's not. Alba Pujols is a better player. You're the definitive word on who's I'm just best. telling you what I think. I'm just telling you what I think. You want to say defense? Fine. He's a better defender. Uh, all around offense. Even some of the career things that he's done. I, I'm. I'm sorry. I'm gonna. I'm going to say Albert Pujols. He's one of the greatest players I've ever seen. That's for sure. Stuck says Donovan Mitchell caught Stanton's home run. Sign that he'll sign with the Knicks after within the week. 2018 was a great year for baseball. <laughs> it's too long, and center field is way more valuable than first for defense. Yeah. It's not even close. But no one will acknowledge that because that doesn't help his argument, so he won't say that. Say what? 
it's way harder to play center field than it is for baseball. I'm not saying defensive. Again, if you want to say you want to say that he's a better defensive player? Fine. Better offensive player? Albert Pauls. Who do I think has better offensive numbers in the time that they did it? I'm going to say Albert Pauls. And by the way, Willie Mays played more years than Albert Pauls, and Albert Pauls right. has he better numbers played. and has better numbers, has more RBIs, more hits, right, but, more but everything. This is the problem with the numbers game, okay? Because you're going, oh, just the numbers, just the numbers. Willie Mays played in the dead ball era. No, he didn't. Dead ball era was yes, way before. Dead ball era was 30 years before Mays played. Yeah, he, it wasn't even close. Baseball has they had bigger parks. Now. Yes, I understand. How that. many World Series bigger did park. Willie Mays win? I think three. Oh, I have no idea. I think three. I'll, I'll double he check won for one. Sure. He won one in 1954. Hmm. He won one World Series. Oh, um, you know, you're right. I'm thinking of National League pennants. Yeah, you're right. He won one World Series. Hold on. So I just, Speedy, just remember this moment. Just remember this. Mm -hmm. Because I I want want just uniformity across Mm -hmm. the board on this. Mm -hmm. He's he's saying World Series championships (sighs) are part of the equation on who's better. Uh, If you're going to try to compare what they've done, they're, 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 their statistics and what they've done in their in their careers. Right. Yeah, I, I yeah, just, yeah. Right. Just just remember that you're doing that when it comes to Super Bowls and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Just remember that that's All what right. you're doing. All so right. when that argument comes back up and and I go six Super Bowls, seven Super Bowls, eight Super Bowls for Brady and Rodgers has one. Just remember that's part of the equation on who's better because that's what you're doing right now. All I'm saying is uniformity. I, all I'm saying is if I were if I, in my how's this to shut you up in my top five players of all time, Albert Pauls is the top five. Maybe not in okay. yours, in mine it is. Okay. Jesus Christ! That's fine. Oh, I thought you forced to hang up. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Argue about just, everything. No, it's not an argument. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. No, no, no. Yes, no, it is. The, the argument comes because you move the goalposts. Because on some arguments, yeah, you go, it's a team game. You can't yeah, help that yeah. this guy had a better defense. Baseball is not a team whatever. game. Baseball is not a team game. No, it's not. Albert Pujols and eight scrubs out there playing. Look at, look, hey, look at where Juan Soto is playing right now. The Washington Nationals should win the World Series because it's not a team game, and Juan Soto is the best player. So they should win, correct? Because it's not a team game. I don't think baseball is a team game. I don't. I think it's a. Then, it, then, it's then, not. why isn't one? Then why aren't the Nationals and Juan Soto in first place? What happened? Then why aren't the Nationals and Juan Soto in first place? What do you mean? Why? He's the best player in the. He's no, the best player I, in the game. No, so why I, aren't for, they in I didn't say he was the best player in the game. I said he's one so of the top. Who's the best th- player in the game? Uh, but they why say Mike the Trout. They say Mike Trout. But then, who's then the best player the this year? Who's the best player? Aaron Judge. Where are the Yankees? In first place. So uh, you want to yap your mouth? You want to argue things, but you can't argue that, can you? Aaron Judge is the best player in the league right now. Is he not? Is he not? He is. Where are the Yankees? Shut the fuck up. No, you don't shut the fuck up. I would tell you I'm agreeing with you. You ever shut the fuck up? No, all you do is argue. This guy just doesn't shut up, man. No, but I'm doing what you do. Wow. Judge is probably the best player this year. So when, hey, Otani MVP last year. Why weren't the Angels? Didn't why didn't the Angels win? Because he, they, they was he shouldn't have been the MVP again. Okay, I'll go back okay, at it. Guerrero, okay, fine. <laughs> okay, fine. Vlad Guerrero. Why didn't the Blue Jays win the win the World Series last year? They had the best player. It's not a team game. Uh, uh, are right. you done? And then all of a sudden, because you lose. Because now I'll say, okay, Vlad Guerrero is the best. Why didn't they win? And now you go, oh, who won the I'm National League MVP last year? Because it is a team game. 
Who won the National League MVP last year? National League MVP was Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper, yep. And and why didn't the, why didn't the Phillies win? I. Uh, Their bullpen is unmanageable. That's why. Your guess is as good as mine. The Phillies have the most unmanageable bullpen in baseball. No, no, no. But, Speedy, you're wrong because it's not a team. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) The Phillies have literally the most unmanageable baseball. I don't. I don't think baseball is a team game. I don't. I don't. But that's why Speedy can't bring up the bullpen. Whoever has the best player wins. And so it should have been Harper versus Guerrero last year. Why didn't that happen? Because it's not a team game. So clearly the best player just. Catapult right to the top. Not a team game. It's not. It I is. don't think baseball's a team game at all. I don't. Okay. I don't. Really? It mm-hmm. takes one guy to win? Uh, in, in the playoffs, it we've seen it. Win? We've seen it, yeah. I mean, no, it, it, if a hot player's hot, yeah, they win. The, they can win, yeah. We've, we've seen it. One guy can get hot. We've seen one guy get hot and that team wins, yeah. Right. That, yeah. that, can, that can help you win, but if... It's the main reason... <laughs> One pitcher can't pitch every game. You want to say players in that? I think that baseball is is not the ultimate team game, and it's not. I don't. And I want Aaron Judge just standing out there throwing the ball and running around catching it by himself, trying to throw it to himself at first base because it's not a team game. It's not because one pitcher could dominate a game to win it. It's not the team; it's one player. Right, but part of part of that is people playing defense behind you. We saw no hitters this year, where one guy jumped up and robbed a home run away from. And we've seen we've seen a no hitter this year where barely anybody had a chance to hit the ball, so they were pop up flies. And that and that can happen too. And did that same guy that pitched that no hitter go out the next day and pitch again? Jeff, you could sit here and argue with me. It's not the ultimate team game. It's not out of all the team, all, all the no sports that we talk football, again, see, football, football, hockey, basketball. Speedy, no, I'm not. I'm telling you, out of the four yeah, big you, sports, it's the least team game. Fact. It is fact. Basketball is the most one-on-one. No, one it's no basketball's a team game. Come on. Get out of here. Basketball's oh, okay. a team. Yeah, you need you, you you get two dominant players, you can win. Absolutely. It's an ultimate team game. It, right, it's, which, that's which a fact. Can't happen in baseball, which can't happen in baseball. You can't, can't just have two guys and a bunch of scrubs and still win. You can't do it. Whatever, Jeff. That's your we argument. Can. That's that's your argument. That's great. We, we've we've seen LeBron win. It was just Kyrie and LeBron, right? With with Cleveland, it was just Kyrie and LeBron. You know what's so funny about you, Jeff? When you can't admit you're wrong. That's that's the thing. When you know you're wrong, you'll find a way to argue anything. I could sit here today and tell you the earth is purple, and you'll find a way to argue something else. All right? Because that's what you do, Jeff. You argue. You got your yeah. Well, yeah, you're a purple eater. Okay. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm colorblind to see you after. I don't know what you're seeing, so that might be your reality. Yeah, my reality is you're crazy. You're lost in. Okay. That's what I think. You moved the goalpost and go, baseball's not a team game. And then your next argument was, baseball's not the ultimate team game. By the way, that shout out to John. Shout out to John Anthony. He says we'd love to see him on the Yankees. Uh, what was he talking about? But he, we don't have the proper bench right now. I probably mean farm system, Anthony. But yeah, the, the Yankees. I guess he's saying maybe I don't have a realistic shot of trading for Soto. Is what he's thinking? No, the Yankees have a good farm system. They can yeah, get the them. Yankees have a good farm. They, they can, farm guys. Yeah, yeah. They have Domingo. They, they have Dominguez. They have two two shortstops that are t- amongst the league's top forty. Right. They could get them. Right. They can get Soto if they want him. I, the, here's the thing. I, I just – why would the Yankees go after Soto when they have one of the best players in the league and just signed your best player? 
Just go out and sign him. If he wants to, if you want, if you want to continue winning, the Yankees should just sign Aaron Judge. Why would you go after Juan Soto? You're gonna have to give away your future for Juan Soto. It doesn't make sense. If I was the Yankees, just sign your player. If you want to, if you want to continue moving forward with, you know, a star player in the face of your team, just sign Aaron Judge. And he says, what does he say? Farm, Farm yes. yes, but our worst of needs to go and now. They don't have needs really right now, though. They I don't have, it, I, I think they're, the one need they need is another starting pitcher. Okay, fine. But depth, you could, any, any team could use depth. That's but a, they, that's have, a, they can have, uh, what's his name against coming back um, from the Herman, 60, yeah. Herman's coming back. So I, are, do the Yankees really need a pitcher if Herman comes back and yeah. he's healthy? I, I, I don't know if they do. The worst outfielders? Do you know that the Yankees have the best defensive out? They're... Rating? What is the defensive rating in the outfield? Is the best in the league hmm. right now with the with the outfield? Uh, not of needs. Yeah, no, no. We're not, we're we're saying though that the team needs the Yankees don't have a significant flaw though. They so, really don't. So when you're judging the when you're judging a Soto trade perspective, their pieces become a lot more expendable if they want to pursue that kind of play. I don't think the Yankees have honestly any weaknesses in that team. And if you want to say. Their their starting rotation. They don't have a real real number two guy. Right. They, they, that's fine. Go after a number two guy if that's what you think I mean, that you're. But the playoffs are unknown. It might be a good thing. We don't know. Go ahead, Jeff. Their weaknesses aren't like terrible weaknesses because I would I would say to you, I don't think Donaldson has played all that great this year. So third base, you could kind of consider. A yeah, but I guess he's playing a lot of thirds. So yeah, they don't really need. I, it I understand much. that. And, and and not for nothing, I love Trevino, by the way. I think Trevino yeah. is great. Definite upgrade. But you can also make an argument. Uh, Isaiah Kainatolepa isn't the strongest piece either. Is he suitable? Yes. Does great defensive work? player. He sure does. Nope, defense doesn't matter, remember? No, but he's a great defensive player. And he's hitting, yeah, what is he hitting, 270 for a shortstop right now? Yeah, and he was supposed to be I mean, more that's of, good for a shortstop. He was, his value wasn't no, supposed to be that anyway. Right, but defense doesn't matter. Where were you the last twenty minutes? <laughs> what are you? What are you turning into Mike Guido now? Oh God! No, 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 no. I'm that was his always classic saying. I did not say defense, defense matters. never matters. I said that oh, Willie Mays. God. I all I said was Willie Mays. Just because his defense is not better than Albert Pujols, because when you compare but you the, compl- but you dismiss it completely because all you do is go home runs, RBIs. That's all that matters. That's home runs, I, RBIs, that's not what I said. That's not what I said. That's, that's not what I said. Basically, all you do. That's Every not what I said. About, I'm saying, what is he saying? Numbers, what is he saying? Uh, John is saying, I'm saying if we take him in place of Gallo, Gallo is not worth anything, even there, our prospects. First of all, so, first Gallo's going to be a whole separate trade. No, the only team that I've heard would be interested in Gallo is Tex, the Texas Rangers, and that's because he he real they drafted him. So that that's the only team, and they're not going to get anything for Sal, no. uh, for Gallo. Right. Not a completely separate trade. But that's not. No, no, no. But they. Again, a prospect, maybe? maybe yeah. You're maybe, yeah, but you're missing the point, though. The point isn't getting anything for Gallo. The point is shedding that salary so you can take someone else out. Well, he's a free agent after this year, man. So it's, he's done. He, the Yankees only signed him one year. So the, the Yankees are just trying to get a prospect for him. There's no right, salary but, after this year. Right, right, right but, but still doesn't matter because the Yankees don't want to pay that luxury tax because if they go over next year, you'd be part of the repeater thing. Because it counts if you go over this year. So I, this I, would be a year. This would be a year over the over uh, what luxury tax. Whatever. What do we call this? Thing? Yeah, luxury, luxury tax. tax. That's salary right. Tax. Right. So if if they don't shed that salary and take someone else on and they go over, 
boom, there's year one of whatever. And so next year is a, is a multiplier. They don't want to do that. The interesting thing about the Yankees going into the trade deadline, and a lot of people are going to sit here, they do need another bat. Are they desperate for another bat? Probably not. I, I, I do believe Brian Cashman will add an arm, either in relief or in the starting rotation. I think the one thing that you can't, you can't attack from what Brian Cashman has done is the Yankee, Yankee fans for years have been saying that this guy's out of his league. He, he, the Yankees need to get rid of him. This man has made a quality moves at the trade deadline as work for this organization. Now you're going to say, well, we haven't won for 11 years. Okay, and there's a lot of teams that haven't won for 30 years, 40 years. 20 years, 70 years, to sit here and say that they haven't won 11 years. Now, again, the Yankees this year, it's it's a big year for the Yankees because going going into the offseason, they could lose their best player. They could. They can lose him. And and more than likely, they will lose Aaron Judge because I don't but think why they, do they need, mm-hmm. Why do they need more pieces, though? If you get more pieces, that implies you'd be building a team. And, and here's the thing. If the Yankees don't believe they can re-sign Aaron Judge, then trade him at the trade deadline. Honestly, Get as much as you can for him. If you're if he, if you're really thinking that you can't re-sign him, and I know everybody thinks I'm crazy, but that is crazy. It is. And I know it you'd is. Ra- you'd rather win a World Series. Yeah, but he, here's the thing. Play. Here's the thing. I, I understand. Yeah, everybody's gonna say Aaron Judge is is, is going to play a big part of this World Series. Maybe so, but again, the last two years for the Wild Card games, Aaron Judge has not played well. Okay, so I know everybody's going to say, well, we don't know what he's going to do this year. He's having a career year. We've also seen guys have career years and get into the playoffs and can't hit a lick. So if you know that you can't re-sign him, again, I'm just saying what I'm saying. If you think that you can't sign him and you have a problem re-signing him, maybe maybe the thought is is to, to try to trade him and get as much as you can back for him. Because for, you can get a boatload back for Aaron Judge. You could. But, but hold on. You definitely could. But would you rather trade Judge for prospects that, I mean, let's face it, in the Yankees, with the Yankees' prospects, almost never play? Let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question. Hold on. I'm still going. Mm -hmm. And you would would, would rather risk not winning the World Series just to possibly get a pitching prospect or a third-base prospect that may or may not be enough. Okay, here's my question. If the Yankees could trade him to Seattle and get that kid Rodriguez and a couple of prospects, why wouldn't it happen? Because that judge is on an expiring contract and they're not going to give up oh. anything that valuable for someone they're probably well, wouldn't be able to sign. Well, we know Seattle will absolutely offer, you know, a boat, you know, offer the money to Aaron Judge. They like paying players. They've done it before. We've seen them do it. Why not? And, and, and how's, how's this? Because the money's going to be the money and he's going to get whatever he choose where he wants to maybe maybe judge is 30 years old he's not too old he's going to be 31 next year he's a judge has a good five six years left in his in his career this isn't the soto thing where where soto would have value because there's years left on a contract judge is a free agent in three months Mm -hmm. and again if you know that you can sign him and 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 again i don't know what the yankees are trying to do but again I'm not going to judge Brian Cashman on anything he does because the man knows what he's doing. He's always been successful in every in every position that he's been in. So even this year, everybody was laughing that he didn't make any big moves. No, he didn't do this. He didn't bring Cashman. Yeah, you look at the Yankees now. I mean, they made what one or two trades. They they brought up their youngsters, put them in the bullpen. He looks like the smartest man in the world. 
Okay. I mean, but it's just so funny with Yankees and their prospects because mm-hmm. all we ever hear, yeah. no offense, all we ever hear is Yankee prospects, Yankee prospects. Dude, they never come up and play. Justice Sheffield never plays. I mean, never you keep bringing up Justice Sheffields because what no, I said no, about no, Justice no, Sheffield. No, 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 but he was a top prospect, was he not? Didn't he was a, yes. He came from the Cleveland Clint, Indians Clint, organization. Clint, Clint Frazier, Clint Frazier, top prospect. Yep, Did Cleveland Indians. Play? All the Cleveland Indian prospects that they got sucked. Right. Yep. Well, what I'm saying is, all Yankee fans do is harp on all these prospects that never come up. Because That's not true because the Yankees prospects, Aaron Judge prospect came up great. Savarino prospect, yeah, one, a prospect one good. In a, one in a million. One in one a million. Come on, you Jeff. Have, you guys have had a ton of really good prospects that just. Dude, Clint Frazier was never going to jump any of those guys to get in the lineup. He wasn't. You know, like in Duhar, they tried, didn't work. Well, in Duhar, he got hurt. He was, he was, he was at, He didn't. He was up for rookie of the year when he came. Yeah, up. he lost to Otani. Yes, yeah, so he lost to Otani, and then he got hurt. He was on his way, and then he got hurt, and everything yeah. fell apart. Everything fell apart for him by sliding into a home plate. I think it was. Or second base, right. or whatever it was. Right, but, but you can say the same thing for Frazier. Injuries set him back, too. Oh, dude, Frazier was never good. He was never good. He was never good, dude. Yeah, Speedy, were Yankee fans building up Clint Yeah, Frazier? he was never good. Dude, he was never good. Yeah, they were they were building him up because he was a he was a good prospect yeah. at that time. But he was never they were always they were always still. More I love Justice Sheffield because I've I heard everything, but he didn't turn out to be anything. And then the Yankees traded him, and he became a bust. Uh, so this is, this is why it's so dangerous to. Tra- but he wasn't a Yankee draft st- draft pick. He was a Cleveland Indians draft pick. He wasn't a Yankees. Uh, I'm just saying he wasn't. You say draft pick. You say Glaber Torres isn't a Yankee draft pick, so you can't say him. Okay, same thing with uh, Justice Sheffield. He wasn't a Yankee draft pick. But he was a pro- right, but, right, but he was still in the system. He's still. All right, so Glaber Torres is a Yankee. Torres still, in, he's in the Glaber system. Torres was in the minors of the Yankees for like two weeks before they. No, he wasn't. He was, he was in there for a full year. For, he was there for a full year. He was traded in 16. He was there 17. for a full year. He never was called up by the Cubs. He's a, I guess then he was a Yankees prospect. Yeah. So, so there you go. 17. And Gleyber Torres is a good player. So is Aaron Judge. So is Savarino. They're all good players. So to say that they're not. How about this? Um, who's the pitcher that they have uh, that is uh, the lefty um, that we talk about? Oh, Clark Schmidt. Montgomery? No, the guy in their rotation Montgomery. right Montgomery, yeah. He's Montgomery. Montgomery. Yeah, Montgomery. Didn't I just say Montgomery? Yes, yeah, I'm sorry. Did. I... Uh, Again, I'm I'm talking to Speedy, not you. Montgomery, he he's a guy well, from the. Come up with the correct answer. You wouldn't need me. Would <laughs> Montgomery is a guy. There's a prospect from the Yankees farm system. Okay. Oh, and by the way, um, uh, Nestor Cortez was drafted by the Yankees before they lost him to Baltimore. I looked it up. The Nestor Cortez was drafted by Brian Cashman. So Nestor Cortez, another Yankee prospect. Right, All right. But very few of them have come up. You guys have very few of them. I just system. named you five of them. That are part of this they team. Had loaded, they had a loaded farm system. Garrett Cole was drafted by the Yankees before he decided to go oh. back. He was. He was drafted by the Yankees. And then he went back and to play for UCLA. Never showed up. That's never fine. Showed That's up. fine. So but he was still drafted. All right. Fine. But he still was drafted by the Yankees. Right. Yeah. No, right. that's fine. All right. And he saw that team, right. he was like, I quit. No, he saw that team, I quit. When he was drafted by the Yankees, the Yankees were still very good. Yeah, they were losing in the LCSs every <laughs> year. That was that stretch. I don't, I don't know why he's as, he wanted to play for UCLA. He grew up wanting to play for UCLA. That's why he did it. 
<laughs> Nothing to do with that. They he grew up a Yankee fan. He was drafted he, right around the time the Yankees lost. He grew lost up a Yankee LCS. fan. He, he was in a World Series. I, I, they had a picture the of him in the World have Series. Always had good prospects that don't come up because there's always a super solid player in the major leagues. But the, the fact up. is, Jeff, sitting here right now, there are I can name a bunch of players that are part of this organization. Schmidt, King, they're all Yankee prospects. Oh yeah, all big parts of what the Yankees are doing. Um, Albert Abreu like came King. up this year too. I, I like I like King. Um, pride of Bishop Hendrick. High school, Warwick, Rhode Island. Okay, I'm just, I'm just saying, these are all Yankee Rhode prospects. Islander. I would this say, out of uh, 24, 25 players on this team right now, I would say 12 or 13 of them are all Yankee prospects. Right, but as far as position players, like if you have a, a right fielder, you might as well go somewhere else. You might as well ask to be traded because you're not jumping Aaron Judge. If you, if you play left field, you might as well ask to be traded because you're not jumping John Carlos if you played second base or, or utility or like whatever, you're not jumping DJ LeMahieu. You play first base, you're not getting in ahead of, uh, of Rizzo. Like all of these guys that you have for prospects and you do have some good ones at those positions, they're never coming up. Never. Anthony Rizzo has to fall down and break both legs for him for someone to be like. Oh, well, a lot right, of their prospects that they have right now, they're they're not expected to come up. For, I mean, the only one is Volpe. Right. That's the only one. And Pariza. The, and right, they're going to trade one of them, that, and they're going to trade right, one. But, but they've had good players at those positions that are just never going to come up. The Yankees are a super solid team every year. So trading for more prospects just seems weird because you have a chance to win a World Series this year with Judge. Why wouldn't – you don't value a World Series more than you value, oh, maybe this kid in a couple of years will take his position. Well, they believe Dominguez is going to take Aaron Judge's position. I really do believe that. I, I mean, everything that we've heard about the kid is he's a five-tool player, but righty-lefty right, power. That's great, but it's also that's great, but it's also not right now, which is what matters. Well, you're right. He's 19 years old. Still. Right, Dominguez is probably not going to come up for a while. By that three point, Aaron Judge now. is not going to be a center fielder. Yeah, three years. Right, from now. but I'm right, but and I'm not shitting on Dominguez. I don't care. Like he could be the next great player. He might be the next great player. He might not. He's be. not going to help you win a World Series this year. So why would you trade Judge for prospects? I'm ju- okay. I'm just bring uh, again. I'm sitting here right now. I don't know what the Yankees are going to do. They're probably not trading him. But if you know he's not coming back and you think that you could get something back for him, then trade him. That's all I'm saying. That's it. There's no more argument to this. I don't care. They're probably not. But if you know he's not coming back, if I was running this organization, I'd say, you know what? If he's saying he's not coming, we know we're not going to bring him back. Did you see that interview he did before the game tonight? No. Yeah, he was laughing. I I saw that. (laughs) Woof. Yeah, he's not going to yeah. give you. He's not going to give you an answer if he's coming back. He's oh, the, the 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 reporter put him right on the spot and was like, "What are you going to? What do you say to young Yankee fans who think, you know, you're not coming yeah, back?" He said the rest of the team play. was good too. <laughs> right. Well, hold on. Right, but that's what he said. He was like, "Well, if I'm not here, the rest of the team's still pretty good." Mm-hmm. Okay, which implied I mean, he could leave. That, yeah, something we know already. For, didn't imply he was going. It implied he was already gone. Basically, mm, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. And uh, uh, go and watch it. It was uncomfortable. I saw it. I saw the interview. I, I don't think he. I don't think he knows yet. He's leaving. <laughs> I, I think, think he's got a pretty good idea. Yeah, I think he does too. I, I, I and listen, if he if he leaves, you know, it, by all means, that's his decision. You know, it, it, nobody's telling him to stay. You know, it, it's, you know, Yankee fans will be upset. They move on. You, you still have a player on that roster that hits just like him. 
But you don't think that if he knows... Jacques Carlo's, what, 32? 33? He's only a year older than Aaron Judge, and he's, he's what, hit seven lefts? Or uh, what was these, 24 home runs? He's got, what, seven yeah, less? seven less. Yeah, seven right. less than him? But, I mean, but, is that a big deal? But you don't, but you don't think... I think he's Aaron got more Judge, RBIs, actually. Yeah, he does. You don't think that if, if Aaron Judge knows he wants to be somewhere else, you don't think he should go to the team and ask to be traded? Well... Again, I don't know what Aaron Judge is thinking, man. But again, if you're a Yankee fan right now and you're going to cry about Aaron Judge, you have a player still there that is just as good as he is. Okay, Aaron Hicks. No, I just <laughs> I just told you, John Carlos Stanton is just as good as Aaron Judge is. Just as good. I, I, he's I'm, not. Yeah. He's not. Aaron Judge is again a better defender, much yeah. better. De- oh, if you oh, put John Carlos, uh, Aaron Judge has the ability to play multiple outfield positions. John Carlos Stanton's either a DH. Or a lazy left fielder. I don't know about lazy. He's played very well this year, dude. And he's played yeah, left field you, and right. Can you, can, he's played left field you, and right. Can you move Giancarlo Stanton to center? That's no. the only position he can't play. That's the only right. position he can't play. Oh, he plays Judge is much better than him. He's I wouldn't say much everywhere. better. He's better, but he's not much better. And I just said it. If you lose Aaron Judge, are you losing? Are you losing that much? I, I don't know. I don't think so. The Yankees aren't. They, you're not going to jump off a plank and say, "Oh, the Yankees aren't going to figure <laughs> things out." They, they, yeah, when, they'll find somebody when, to fill in that guys spot. Get hurt, unfortunately, when guys get hurt, I, I don't wish injuries upon yeah. anyone anywhere ever. That was, dude, I thought Aaron Hicks broke his leg. That was a terrible foul ball off his shin. But things like that, unfortunate things it's like fine, that happen. Dude, and, and, I, and, and, and having Judge, who's versatile enough to cover those other positions versus Giancarlo Stanton. Dude, I'm not taking away. If Aaron Judge leaves the Yankees, it wouldn't be upsetting. But if he does, the Yankees will find a way to move on. It's not like, oh, it's a, he, there was a reason why he didn't sign that extension. And I, I believe there's a reason why he's waiting until the offseason. I, I really believe he wants to leave. Go listen to everything that I've said. Do I think Aaron Judge is coming right. back next year? No, I don't. Which, which makes no sense. He should go to the team and tell them he wants to be traded so they can get something for him. I do. It's the John Tavares effect. I think he, he should go to them and I, tell them trade me now so you so I can help you. I think I think he should. I think he if he's telling the Yankees he doesn't he doesn't want to be there then yes. Trade him. He does it, it, I think the Yankees know he's not coming back. And if the Yankees know that then you trade him. In the mental thought of where your organization is, you can get some you and you can definitely get something good back for him even if it's a a rental. You might not get as much back, but you can get a, a yeah, top. Get something good for you know, You'll probably get a top prospect from an organization. I would do it. You could. If he's telling you that he's going to go to San Francisco, then you tell San Francisco, <clears throat> okay, I want your top prospect. I'll give you Aaron Judge. No? Well, whatever. Mean, but, but Judge should be going to the front office and begging them to trade him. I don't know if he's going to beg him. And no. I don't, no, not with their playing as well as they have. But he should. That's what he should do. He owes it to the organization. Of course he does. This is the John Tavares argument. If All he right. knows he's leaving, All he right, needs Jeff. to go to the front Thank office and calling, beg them Jeff. to There's trade a difference. There's because, a difference between that and the you, Islanders Jeff. that were a fringe playoff because, team. Because if you don't help the team, then we're going to throw things at you when you come back to All town. right, So you Jeff. need to go to the front office and say, I Jeff, need to be Jeff, traded so Jeff, I can help You attack the LeBron James for what he says about Boston players. Uh, and Boston fans, okay? You attack him. Every single athlete that said something bad about Boston, you have to find a way to attack the New York. Uh, but listen, every opinion, single – there are uh, tons listen. and tons of players that say what Boston fans are. But all of a sudden, when somebody – when a player says I'm it, not, when a player again, says it, you want to go right back to the New Yorkers. Again, you're again, you're a I'm joke, not, man. I'm, 
Again, I'm not arguing. If that's LeBron's experience, that's LeBron's experience, and I'm not arguing. That's that a ton that. of well, – that's analysts that tell us that Boston fans are the worst. Right. So please. Right. right. But but here's the other side. If Boston fans are really that bad, why does LeBron own a piece of a Boston team? Who cares? Because it, it's part of his – he's a multi-billionaire. That's why he cares, <laughs> but about, he cares just, about money. But I've but but watching this show has made me learn that like unless you go to the organization yeah, okay. and, and beg them to trade you so you can thank you help Jeff them, thank you Jeff you'll be a villain like Tavares. talk to you right? Thursday Isn't that the Jeff. argument thank and you then Jeff. they'll throw snakes at you when thank you, you Jeff thank they'll you. throw things at you and you'll thank be you a Jeff and you need to help the hometown team because that's your obligation thank you Jeff fuck, fuck the Yankees sometimes I wonder about that guy man sometimes I wonder about him. Interesting dude. Anyways, um, great show tonight. Thank you, Steve, uh, for joining Steve Van uh, over over there at uh, uh, Sportsline NFL Analyst. Thank you for him. Brandon Jacobs, you were fantastic. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. Until then, this is Errol Marks and Speedy PD saying goodnight. We'll talk to you then. Good night. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.